how dare you pick mushrooms off of cow shit? Podcast hosting and an open source. Linux distro for your node. Soundboard jingles being played when required. And folks leaving voicemails to the show. Everybody's bowl is charged up and ready to go. All we need now is a light. Spark it up and let the buds start to glow. And the bowlers find it hard to sleep tonight. Spark one up. Cause they know that bowl after bowl is on its way. They've got live item tags and show art to display. And every show is wonderfully produced. With help from bowlers who really know. your bowls are brilliant bright bowlers it is christmas time after all and uh, i thought i'd intro the show a little differently that's right in the in the name of the season that old hey citizen track that uh he said just after last christmas been waiting all year to play it oh man oh uh, man oh man it is december 19th 2023 after all and uh, you are listening to episode 289 of Bull After Bull. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're a bowler here in the bowl, so welcome. Thanks for joining. Yes, and welcome back. Thanks for hanging out. It's been uh, all Christmas festivities, Christmas uh, mood, all the way around. Has it not? It's been holly and jolly. Got uh, all kinds of gifts lined up, taking kids out separately and together for different uh, Christmas shopping runs. That's right. And, yeah, mostly candy hauls. <laughs> I mean, that's all they want, really. Yeah. Candy is the uh, value for them. That's, that's where right. it's at. That's all they want. That's what they want. That's what they, uh, that's what they call for. And, uh, yeah, getting it rocking. They're having fun playing Santa for each other. And so are we. Yeah, absolutely. They're also having fun at this... Uh, Little aerial silks thing they got going on. Oh yeah, yeah. Since the entire world is sick right now, it seems um, they had the place mostly to themselves last round. Yeah, almost a private class. It was pretty wild, but uh, kind of fun. Kind of a fun happenstance. It was like them and two other kids in there. I think. Nice. 
And then they brought the sick home. And everyone is taking turns. But at least it's a week before Christmas. So we will be good and on the mend. Yeah, we definitely. I had a quick bounce back from mine, which is great. Yeah. It's like what I want to have. It's where I want to be at. Yeah. The kids, too. 12 hours. It's not not bad. Not too and, shabby, as they hey, say. I've been keeping it at bay. So I'm trying to just up my vitamin C, take my zinc with my vitamin D, stay good, stay uh, not sick, just healthy. I got a little scratch in my throat tonight. Uh-oh. I know. Last Thursday, I had no voice at all. And this now I've got a scratch, but I don't think I'm sick. And I'm really excited about that. It is pretty exciting. <laughs> it seems like uh, I've heard a lot of horror stories lately. Yeah, well, I've been taking care of four, three sick people. So, yeah, doing pretty good, I guess. I think so. I think so. Pretty fantastic. Um, well, lots going on. It's just hard to keep it all straight. I kind of have it jotted down here, but it's just... I've been running around like an insane person, putting fires out, uh, which is how it goes. You know, you get a, you get a little break from the work routine, and that's when uh, the demons start to run amok, I think. It's just how it goes. It's not the, uh, not the situation you want, but the situation you deserve kind of a, kind of a deal, you know? Uh, no rest for the wicked. No rest. No. Um, putting out fires on uh, nodes. Putting out mm. fires on... Uh, other people's sites that's not even my fault i'm just kind of a guy that can help <laughs> somewhat i guess um so that's fun i got a kind of freelance gig that came up out of nowhere that was cool yep it's, it's still going on because like as uh, we fix things we break more yep so it's good it's good for it's good for business <laughs> let's say job security yeah every time you fix something you break more that's what keeps us employed. Uh, what else keeps us employed? You know, houses work the same way. That's true. You've been <laughs> you've been absolutely leaning in on the kitchen, which I really. Yeah, I'm trying to make my kitchen as efficient as possible without doing a complete renovation. Because who's got money for that? Right. So I'm just working with what I've got, and yeah, I really leaned into that since everyone was just staying in bed all weekend, and I had uh, the downstairs to myself. I pulled every single thing out of the kitchen. I did a deep scrub cleaning, and then, uh, you know, now I'm mindfully putting everything back. And maybe not everything, just the things I really need. Whichever thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Whichever thing it takes. A place for everything and everything in its place. Uh, we got some upcoming No Agenda Kansas City meetup. Yes, we do. Which uh, will be promoted on Thursday's show. But it will be December 30th. That's a Saturday. And we're going to get together in uh, downtown KCK on Strawberry Hill. There's the 403 Club. It is a pinball club. And uh, all that was inspired by Pinball Gypsy reaching out to me on uh, NAS and saying, Hey, can we? are you going to do another KC meetup? And I said, Hell yeah. She happens to be in town. She's a bit of a, a nomad, but she's in town right now. And she was like, Let's do a pinball meetup. I know a place. Yay. So that's nice when it all kind of like falls in place. All I got to do is just make the event promo. Exactly. <laughs> just got to make the little MP3 and sign up on uh, noagendameetups.com. So if you go to noagendameetups.com, the event is live. And I'll just try to hype it on Thursday. 
cabining. Play some ball with the bowlers. That's right. And pinball gypsy. It'll be a supple wrist edition. So there's that to look forward to. Um, there's also a Casey Bitcoiners with coffee this Friday morning, mm. which I will not sleep through this time. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, yeah. Other than that, we're just trying to keep the thing on the rails. Well, we mentioned playing Santa earlier, and this is your last bowl to get your entry in for our special DeLorean calendar giveaway. That's right. So if you want a copy of this limited run 2024 calendar featuring some beautiful glossy photos of moi, just mention the calendar in a boost or a PayPal donation. Like literally just the word calendar. And I will write your name down, put it in my Santa hat and announce the winner publicly tomorrow at 4.20 p.m. So I'll have a video. US, yeah, there you That's go. That's right. So that you can see me picking it out of the hat. Proofs. That's right. Video or it didn't happen. Post, post proofs. Very nice. And I think that brings us up to, oh, oh, one more thing that I uh, have to mention that's been definitely making the rounds and talked about is the uh, first live value for value concert. That's right. It's coming up. Wednesday and Thursday, two concerts this week. Right, tomorrow night and Thursday night. I think you guys are going to feature that on the Homegrown Hits, right? Yeah, we'll pop in in the middle of the show. Middle of our show, middle of the Ainsley Just Loud show. Very cool. And yeah. it's also easy with the split kit. So thanks, Stephen B. Just oh, pop yeah. a block in there and bada bing, bada boom, hop on in. Pop a pow. And 95% goes to the artists. It's crazy. Yeah, they... uh Ainsley's been making the round. She was on Behind the Schemes on Monday. That's right. With Just Loud. With Just Loud. And then uh, Adam joined her today on uh, the Cafe Bitcoin podcast. Oh. That was a fun one. Lots of folks on there. I haven't, I haven't heard the whole thing, but I've been uh, catching clips of it that have been sent here and there. Everyone's all a buzz, uh, And rightly so. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time to be a... Uh, Value for value musician, value for value podcaster. All this stuff is just heating up and opening up and getting kind of crazy. Yeah, we even had Gate the other day. Gate. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's written down. It's a fun time. It was for me. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was. It was for the bowlers out there, too, I'm sure. The DMU DJ sitting here not worrying about my RSS feed one bit. Oh, my value time splits are good, man. <laughs> They're unfuckwithable. That's right. Mm. Unless the artist changes it, they stay. Set it and forget it, baby. Mm. Super nice. Speaking of nice, we love to uh, thank all of the nice bowlers out there for keeping this thing rolling down the lanes week after week, bowl after bowl. In a little bit of that value for value lifestyle that we love to talk about. What it means is that uh, we do the show, put it out there, and it is yours. It's yours. That's pretty much it. We try to put value into the show. And uh, we don't put any roadblocks or any uh, barriers between you and receiving that value. Right? We just give it to you. And then we ask that you evaluate that. If you get value out of it, uh, then you ought to consider putting some back in and keeping the cycle moving. Uh, the idea is that if you only get value out and you never put value in, then uh, the thing will run out of gas 
and it will be, uh, there will be no bull after the bull. Mm. You see, this is the perpetual value machine. So long as value gets put back in, and of course, value is put back in by the bowlers week after week, and that's what we talk about during this little chunk. We thank everyone for sticking uh, some nugs back in the bowl and keeping the circle flowing. It really, uh, when you think about it uh, from a philosophical level, it just comes back to the first rule. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. And uh, it's true. Just, it's, just, it's just bad manners, that's all. Uh, it's not peer pressure, it's just your turn. And uh, bowlers step up each week when it's their turn. And we thank them for that. Uh, we always look at the PayPal first to kind of start things off, which you can get to with that donate button at the bottom of every page of bullafterbull.com. And a couple of bowlers did roll in this week, including uh, Circus Media. Oh, Circus Media. Thank you. He's got his angel monthly donation of 1111. Appreciate you. Which is really uh, super fantastic. You can set up a monthly uh, recurring value, uh, which just keeps the value rolling in automatically. And you don't have to worry about it. Talk about set it and forget it. Uh, and another such case, a literal stonation of 420 from our boy Sharky Shark. Sharky, thank you. Out there on the Beast Coast. Bottom, bottom, Appreciate you, Sharky. 420, his monthly stonation coming in. Uh, then, just a couple hours ago, we got a little. Uh, Love from Net Ned. Oh, Net Ned. Net Ned, who was, I think, tired of trying to jam it through Fountain, and so he went the old school route, uh, which we appreciate because there's been a little, uh, there've been some issues, been some hiccups. We have uh, much to discuss today. We have much to discuss. Yes, Mercury is in retrograde. Yes, <laughs> and it shows. It definitely shows. Feeling it. Uh, but look at that. The old system still works as well. Uh, Net Ned says, "Merry Christmas, Bowlers. Love ya." Oh, we love you, Net Ned. With a thirty-three, thirty-three. Woo! Thank you, Muchly. Much appreciated. Thank you, sir. Merry Christmas to you as well. And on a value note, everything you put into the bowl stays in the bowl. That's right. We put the value right back into the show. Yep. To deliver to you, which you can then evaluate and get value of and put back in. You see how it's a continual cycle. It's like this uh, engine that keeps chugging, chugging, chugging along. Uh, it's sustainable. It's not about unchecked, uh, insane growth. It's not about uh, how to grow your podcast. It's not about uh, download fiat chasing numbers. It's not about monetization. It's 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 a more pure value stance. It's more pure than all that. Uh, it also comes sometimes in the form of communication. Should I do this? Yeah, we got something in the mail today. We don't know what it is. It is a card. Okay, a card. Woo. It is a card of the manger and the nativity scene. And, uh, oh, lovely. Should we read that? Yes. And we can keep them anonymous if you want. I think that's, I think that is, uh, appropriate. Yes. The card itself says, may the hope that was born that silent holy night remain in your heart throughout the year. Merry Christmas. Uh, Spencer and Lorian, we had such a great time when we came to visit Casey. We are so grateful for your hospitality. Thank you for letting us crash at your house on our trip. We look forward to seeing you both and the kids in the new year 2024. Heck yes. Very nice, friends. Thank you, bowlers. We love you. 
And you can crash on our couch anytime. That's right. That's right. That's, that's right. part of the value economy. It's a piece of it that uh, often goes undiscussed or misunderstood or whatever, you know, for whatever reasons. Yeah. Um, value doesn't have to be a, a monetary number. Correct. And there's also kind of uh, <laughs> levels of privacy and sanity and, and uh, politeness that can be baked into that as well, you know, um, for reasons of, of anonymity or pseudonymity. Some people use handles. Some people um, just keep themselves private. Yeah. And uh, we respect all the bowlers and their wishes and their value. It's valuable to us. That's, that's, the, that's the beauty of it is like that's why we say thank you is because we get value out of it on our side. And, um, yeah, communicating it and telling other people about it, that's how you uh, educate people and turn people on to what we have going on. There's a better way to live. There is a better way. But, you know, if we just hide all of it, then uh, nobody knows it. That's all. Abundance mentality and love over fear. There you go. Exactly. Uh, Speaking of love over fear... I'm scrolling back in the helipad. Uh, there was a 420 sat boost from Harv Hat, as there typically is to end the shows. No, thank you, Harv Hat. He hit us in the outro. We have a little jingle to hype everyone up for the Boostagram segment here. I think you're right about a jingle. I think you're right about that. It goes something like this. I'm going to boost some sats. I've got 40,000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. It's, it's awesome in the peaks and it's awesome in the valleys, man. It's true, yes. <laughs> I gotta say. And, uh, you know, we've got to be honest about some some valleys. The struggle is sometimes uh, apparent in keeping all this running. And we've been fixing a node. Um, nodes. Fixing our <laughs> nodes. Yeah, multiple <laughs> nodes going on. So currently tonight, we've got... Uh, each of our Albi splits in temporarily. I have a little one split to my old node, which is online and should be receiving payments. But for whatever reason, the network is uh, falsely gossiping that my node is offline. Mm. Uh, it is not. I can assure you. I am on connected and uh, have almost all green channels too, by the way. Oh, I see that. That's beautiful. Which is uh, just something you love to see. But... Unfortunately, I've been uh, doing some test boosts right before the show, and not a lot is believing that uh, I am indeed online. So, you know, it may, might take a little bit of time to regain the once solid reputation of the bull after bull raspy node. Uh, and in the meantime, man, I'm going to start opening some channels. Mm. Opening some channels. Much to discuss, though. I don't want to get too sidetracked. What we're going to attempt to do is to kind of piece together the boosts that have come in through the boost bot uh, and what it is able to relay to us. Uh, we did my last boost that was received in, in helipad where the route did not fail was yesterday and from podverse. And I had no time, no downtime between yesterday and today. So I'm not sure really what the exact uh, issue has been, uh, but we did get 2907 sats yesterday from memes. Leet memes. Memes, memes thirteen thirty seven out of Podverse, who said, "Leap boosting the wolf." I see you, Nass. Mk social and podcasting two No tribes, just good vibes. May all your tools used to spread your love and message be sovereign, decentralized, privacy respecting, and have a great UI and UX. 
If not, may the server owner be benevolent and accept memes and shitposting in good faith. Wink. <laughs> Keep on being awesome, people. V for V in the bowl. In the bowl. Appreciate you. Very much appreciated. Uh, we also had, scrolling up, a boost coming in uh, 4269 from Harv Hat via CurioCaster. Thank you, Harv Hat. Which we appreciate greatly. And we also had a 3333 just a bit before that from our boy Make Heroism out there. Makey, thank you. Uh, Make Heroism is reminding us that uh, there's a hyperspace out coming up. So he says, Howdy Bowlers, having a Christmas Eve game night this Sunday at 8-ish. Cosme.gg slash hyperspace out. Come hang. Be merry. Nice. And uh, we will be merry. I think that's a great call. If you've never done a game night, you're going to want to do a game night. Yeah. And uh, I've got got to get my fix in because I missed the last one. Mm-hmm. Missed the last one. So uh, certainly not going to miss this one. Especially if there's doodles to draw. I got to get my doodle on. Doodle on, dude. <laughs> my doodle diddles. You're the doodle of, uh, the doodler of <laughs> diddle doodles. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. The that's doodly doodler. A, uh, scribbled boobies is kind of my, uh, that's, that's my move. Very nice boobs <laughs> that you put forth game night after game night. Turns out I can draw dots inside of circles. With the right colors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, I'm just kind of combing through the chat here, just making sure, making sure. We got a 69-69, it looks like. Uh, right, right there. 69! 69, dudes! That's from Rev Cyber Trucker. Um, and this one is saying, 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 saying. Merry Christmas, y'all. And don't forget, Santa is always watching, even in the shower. So y'all be good. Oh, I'm jumping. That wasn't Rev Cyber Truckers. No. That was Dirty Jersey Horrors. I'm sorry. Rev Cyber Trucker boosted 69.69. He said, I want a calendar. Yeah, you do. You're on the list. All right. <clears throat> And uh, that last one that I read prematurely because of this chat situation I've found myself in, 19,760 sats. This one's coming out of Fountain from Dirty Jersey Whore. Yes. He says, Merry Christmas, y'all, and don't forget, Santa is always watching, even in the shower. Y'all be good. Thank you, DJW. Well, you know, I'm still on the nice list because if he's watching in the shower, it's just good, clean fun. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's what I'm saying. Uh, They are, by the way, coming through in the old uh, backup Albi makeshift uh, emergency split here that I've set up for myself. So this is why we have backups to the backups. No panic necessary. The value still flows. I, this is, this is part, and we'll, we'll discuss this in, in depth in just a few minutes, but this is why I so fiercely recommend being in control of your own value because when things go wrong, you can make them right. You can figure it out. You can have backup plans. You can still keep the thing rolling. Whereas if you just have one single point of somebody else's situation, then, you know, when things go wrong, there's nowhere to turn. You just got to wait for them to get back with you with some kind of satisfactory answer. Um, what is up next? It looks like, oh, boo, 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 boobery came at us with a boob. Oh, boob from boobs. A boob from boobs. Uh, he boosted via boost CLI. Oh, the most sovereign way to boost. Or as I call it, based CLI. Uh, and he says, 
While everyone was scrambling, checking their VTSs, I was just sitting there pondering about that homegrown feed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I see you, booby. I was smiling, sipping my coffee without a care or worry in the world. (laughs) A little Kermit the Frog Lipton meme there. That's right. Some tea. Mm -mm -mm. You gotta love it. You missed a boost from the wonderful, beautiful Bowley Steed. Who boosted an 88-88 sats and said, Nugs for the bowl. Here for my shit stain education. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. And we do have, I have plenty of shit stain to bring to the table today. That one be via Podverse. I see it now. There we go. Very nice. Thank you, Bowley Steed, for the boosty boosts. Uh, another boosty boost hitting us is 3333 from Sir TJ, the Wrathful. Tej, thank you. He says, your willingness to help out this wrathful rando is very meaningful to me. It's been a wild 2023. Thanks, Spencer, for helping me learn RSS tech stuff. And thank you, Lorian, for sharing our music and the encouraging support on Homegrown Hits. Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you. And it's all love right back at you. Because, you know, we've been thinking DMU for two years now. And then you came along and really just ignited the fire back up again. Yeah, that's like, right. With a flamethrower. It's, well, I'd, I'd say one thing is tough about the value for value lifestyle. Um, when you really get into it and lose the scarcity mentality, it's, it's, it's humbling to the extent that oftentimes, at least for myself, I can only speak for myself, but oftentimes I find myself just being like, whoa, there's so much value that's been spit out at me. And like, I'm not worthy of this much value or like how to, you know, how to reconcile where I'm at with how much value is received. And really it kind of just translates into me, uh, to be more work to do Yep. and more value to put right back in. And so it's hard to see the value that, uh, that others have gotten out from you, but it's easy to see the value that you've gotten out of it. If that makes sense. And so as far as TJ, the wrathful is concerned, I just wanted to highlight the fact that him coming along was like, there's no way I could express how big of a explosive point in the the timeline that was. The fact that he came in not only just to get sats going to music, right? But that he came in and understood the importance of sovereignty understood the importance of being in control of the RSS feed and just learning the files and what they do and and how to serve them yourself so that you're the one that has access to them so that you're the one making edits to them. So that if something is wrong and you need to make it right, you have the permission and the access to do so. Yes. And so that nobody else is overriding that nobody else gets to come in and fuck it up. It's all you. And not only understanding that, but taking that message and kind of echoing it out to circles of professional musicians that I'm just not in, you know, like there's this, there's a space that you've spent your whole life in that I am not in. And so there's indescribable value in what you've brought this year. And it was so cool to uh, have you on. If, if uh, you're listening to this bowlers and you haven't, uh, Listen to our Bulls with Buds episode with Sir TJ. Highly recommend checking it out because we kind of go over 
the origin of all of that and how he came into the scene. And uh, it's very enlightening. Very enlightening. So appreciate you a lot, Sir TJ. We're having uh, some boosts stream in right now, including uh, Pfeiffer. He gave us this 1821 boost. Yeah. That's our Missouri smash. Uh, Pfeiffer says, Merry Christmas in the bowl. Merry Christmas to you, Pfeiffer. And thank you. Uh, Booberry also coming in with a little 69-69 action. 69-69, dudes! Uh, Booberry says, I need a calendar for science. Ah, yes. Of course. Put you on the science list right here. You're on the list (laughs) for science. (laughs) It's a scientific list. You'll have to find 12 pairs of 3D glasses to add them to every page. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Yes, thank you, Boo Boo Booery. <laughs> Being on a list for science. That's how uh, science is curated these days. It's just one list at a time. <laughs> Not all lists are in the Fed's hands, you know. You can fight them by making lists of your own. It's not. It's not too tough. You just get yourself a little mini legal pad like this. Bam, you got a fucking list. Who's better than you? Nobody. Oh, that's a good uh that's a good handful of entrants. Maybe we do uh, a bonus drawing. Oh. And send two of these things out cuz I do have two. Well, Mary, Mary. Yeah, double trouble. Double trouble. Perhaps now is also a good time to always oh, see another boost coming in. Oh my goodness. I'm rolling down the lane. Memes Leet coming back. Memes. Uh, memes leap boosting 2845 sats. And, uh, this time he's leap boosting the dame. All right. Bowling thunder and lightning strikes. Rock and bowl getting the boost in before a 530 kilometer road trip. Woo. He's in it for the long haul. He says, may all the bowlers stay safe out there. Merry Christmas and in the bowl. Merry Christmas to you and safe travels on that road trip. Yeah. I love a good road trip. No doubt. Them's is the times, the good times. So I mentioned earlier, the value comes in many forms. You could make art for us. Art is invaluable to the bowl. We need new art for every episode. We've also got these newfangled chapters going on, and each one of those has a piece of art. If you're sick and tired of seeing the same old art for the chapters, well, consider making one yourself, and I'll stick it in there. Mix things up a little bit. We also enjoy getting jingles, as you've heard, for some of our segments and the intro today. That was thanks to Hey Citizen. And each and every week, we have a voicemail that you can put your voice in, add a little message. And if you don't know what to say, we have a prompt, a first time I ever topic. And this week, we are asking to hear about the first time you ever exited a moving vehicle. So all you have to do is pick up your phone and call 816-607-3663 and the play of voice will That's right. We never screen them, we just play them. And if you don't have good service, you can also text or send a picture message. I should also mention the simplest form of value, perhaps the easiest way, is to 
pass the bowl to someone you know will enjoy it. We love seeing new bowlers around. Most definitely. All part of the fun. All part of that value cycle. Uh, and now, it's the perfect time to crack open a little bit of... Uh, I really want to build another node. It's like the, uh, it's like the Roman civilization cycle meme, I think. Mm. Where like, on-chain makes off-chain, off-chain makes cocaine, cocaine makes shit-stain, shit-stain makes on-chain. Mm. Yep, yep, that is how it works. And we're in a shit-stain moment, I think, right now. <laughs> Slowly returning to on-chain. Would you say, would you say uh, we're in a kind uh, of a... Shit stain moment. I'm in a big shit stain moment it's right been now. A, it's been a shit stain the past week. It's been two years of <laughs> cocaine for me. For you, in you my had own a long, wild <laughs> ride of just being totally fine no matter what, which yeah. I think that... I knew I had it coming. Many podcasters have been insanely jealous about. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, the worst problem is I knew when we brought a Darth Coin article to the bowl that... Although my node was seamlessly up and running, I was by no means a great node runner. Sure. And I thought, wow, I've got a lot to learn. And someday I'm going to have to learn. It's going to be pretty hard. And that someday is today. And well, the past week or two now. You're, you're being force learned. I want to build a new node to just get it online from scratch, have some channels back again and like figure my umbrella out in the background of that. I don't want my plan B right now to be a wallet. I want two nodes so that if something happens to one, the other one is still good and connected. Mm. Because I am going to figure it out. I've been slowly figuring out. It's just such a waiting game with the umbral. Currently, I look like I'm hacking into something because <laughs> I am watching my node in real time re-indexing the Bitcoin blockchain. And there's just numbers scrolling down my PowerShell screen over here, mm. which you can't see. But just imagine, you know, the matrix background. That's oh, what it looks like. I can see it. You can see it. <laughs> yes. Everyone, everyone can see it in their mind's eye. Yeah. But I mentioned last week that I was bummed with myself that I didn't document my steps. Yeah. To truly explain how shitty this shit stain is and what's been going on. <laughs> yeah. When we last bowled, I had my umbral up and running. It's up and running now, too. Um, but I was waiting for my channels to close. I saw that it could take up to four days for the channels to close. So I was patient. We've been in a high-fee environment. You know, I, I thought, well, maybe that has something to do with it. Sure. I waited and waited. And then, you know, day four came around and I said, okay, there's still eight pending. Two of them closed, lickety split, and then eight were just sitting there. And so I wanted to SSH in and see, okay, what's the maturity height? When, what block is this going to return to me? You know, my sats that are in, in this channel so that it can close. When are we going to end this thing so that I can reopen the channel and get my node back working in the way a node is supposed to work. Mm -hmm. So I SSH'd in, and I put in the information I needed to see these things, and wouldn't you know, everything was null. 
Like oh. there's no information at all. There's no balance. It didn't know, you know, anything about my channels. Just that there is a channel from my node to, you know, A, B, C, D nodes, the eight nodes that it said pending closing. Sure. That's not good. No. And it didn't seem like there was no maturity height to show. So it looked like it wasn't going to do anything. Like it's just a zombie channel. Mm. So I find myself on the umbral forums because I'm too proud to get a telegram <laughs> you just and refuse. talk to someone. Yeah. I'm like, I will figure this out in the troubleshoot logs or maybe someone else has had this issue. Well, basically, the only fix I'm finding is, have you tried turning it back off and on again? Have you tried deleting the lightning node and reinstalling it? Which I did once. They said, hey, grab an older backup of your channels, and that should force those pending ones to hurry up and close. Got it. Okay, I tried that. Mm -hmm. And that didn't work. Ugh. And that wasn't an easy, breezy process either. Um, I wanted to... There is this uh, code for, it, you want to reset the wallet transactions. Sure. I might be getting ahead of myself. This might be heading towards re-indexing time. <laughs> okay. But um, I was looking, to, to put in that code, I had to locate the lnd.conf. And because the umbral is, you know, written by someone else, dockered by someone else, I didn't exactly know where that file was, apparently. And the code that I was finding online just kept saying, oh, there's no file by that name in this directory. So I had to search around in there. Not a coder at all. I can't even remember what the, the find one was. And I told you last night, I would never forget it. But here I am. It's like P or something. Anyway, it was renamed to umbral-lndconf. Found it. Okay. Wanted to reset these wallet transactions uh, because this said command, SED, didn't. And then, uh, you know, it just didn't go anywhere. So I restarted the lightning node. I clicked an older backup. And then it shows no pending channel closes, hmm. which I thought was a great thing. I thought, wow, it worked. Okay, I like restarted the lightning node. Every All my pending channels are gone. Should be good. But guess what? What? None of my sats are back. Mm. I'm at the same on-chain balance that I was with the with two the that closed and eight zombies on my hands. Right. So you suggested I re-index mm -hmm. uh, the Bitcoin node. To try and speed it up, I found out that you can, in layman's terms, add a friend. If there are other nodes in the house, you can uh, add them. With a oh, uh, to be like a forced peer command, yeah, to be a forced peer because I have no peers because I am just fucking dead here, I guess. Well, you've got peers, but they're connected via an internet connection rather than a local network connection, yeah, yeah. And I so, local the obviously will be faster, right? That's the magic sauce. You don't have to worry about routing through Tor to ask all of them to give you the newest blocks, you don't have to. Make sure that they stay online, all that. Like, you can have one of your peers be on your local network and always connected. So I, I found a code from Darth Coin. And it's a pseudo Docker exec BTC, BTC CLI add node with the IP address. And then you do like a one try. No such container. Thanks, Docker. Just my luck. So then it was, I think it's PS to find it. Uh, and I, it pulled up everything in the Docker, 
and the names were so stupid, the container names. So instead of just BTC, it appeared to be BTC underscore BTCD underscore one. I don't know if this happened in an upgrade or just how, how fucked my umbrella is on my side of things, you know? <laughs> I but think anyways, they changed a lot in the latest uh, I am now major version. Direct peering, re-indexing the umbral. And it's just another waiting game. You know, I'm, it's, uh, I started this around 2 p.m. It's now 10, 24 p.m. And I am 4.14% there. Mm. Keep on chugging. Yeah. Just waiting for those damn sets to show back up. And yesterday I had asked um, NA Millennial what it looked like from his end. Yes. Our channel, because our channel was one of the eight zombie pending closes. And he said it just showed that our channel is awaiting close. So, of course, awaiting close on my end. Just keep on waiting, I guess. Yep. Just keep on waiting. Well, the other node uh, in my life is a start nine. Yeah, how's that, that have, going? I've put on a Think Center M73. It's like a mini PC. It's about as big as the Motu uh, Ultralight. Same sort of size and shape. It's a small square box. And um, that thing has been pretty reliable and easy, but only just recently, and I'm not really sure what happened or what I changed, other than I'm, I'm sure I've been fiddling with shit, because that's just what I do. And I don't really take as manic- uh, meticulous of notes as I should when I do fiddle with shit. So... For whatever reason, it's been falling asleep, mm. which um, none of these node implementations should fall asleep. Not the computer. The computer should not sleep or hibernate. Um, just from the default settings, you know that's all prevented, and it's never happened before. Uh, but when it falls asleep or hibernates, it, it it's not just like you tap the space bar or shake the mouse to wake it up. You have to force it to turn off and then turn back on. And while it sleeps or hibernates, it will leave the network, disappear, go like, it'll be red dot Ugh. on everybody else who has a channel to it. Which makes you a horrible... Which makes you offline, <laughs> you're not the great peer. You, yeah, you're a bad peer. Reputation gets a knock, like all that good stuff. Very fun. <laughs> so I was trying to get an answer. Um, the answer was to make a post on the forum. So th- that's funny because most places send you the telegram. Uh, and this telegram sent me back to the forum. Oh, weird. Post in the DIY forum. So that's what I'm going to do. I had a, a workaround that was kind of working, which is uh, just a really stupid uh, internet app called No Sleep. No Sleep.page mm. is just a this silly little JavaScript app that spams the screen wake lock API to keep your computer from sleeping. So that kind of worked for a while. I got like 30 hours of it. So I think if I just keep that open in a tab and then kind of close and reopen it every so often, maybe twice a day that I can keep it online, at least in the interim until I can get a better understanding of what the hell's going on with that one. Uh, as far as the raspy blitz, it was brilliant to migrate over. I mean, that was really laid back. There is a migration option in the raspy blitz menu that will export a file to the path of your choice. And, uh, it's just a, it's just an image. It's just a disc image. It's a similar file to if you were to flash the original raspy blitz 
uh, OS onto a brand new device. And so then if you build Raspi Blitz on a brand new device, which I did, this was on the Dell Optiplex, which is basically just another small factor PC, small form factor PC, a little tiny box that is a computer. Um, I booted Debian on it, and then I put Raspi Blitz on top of that. And this is the kind of thing that I'm not really sure if I did it right or ideally. I have a full Debian OS on this box, and then I put the Raspi Blitz OS on their headless, and so I can only see it by SSHing in from another computer. And then it'll point itself out and show it to me, which is all well and good. Um, but for whatever reason, starting yesterday, I just can't be seen. I can see everybody else. All that's working just fine, but no one can see me. Uh, and so that's kind of crazy. I'm not really sure what to do. And, uh, it's just right before the show that I kind of discover and start the troubleshooting process, which I think it just adds to the frustration point. Like if I had all day just to mess with stuff and see if it works and try something else and see if it works, that would be one thing. But on the crunch time, if it's like 9 p.m. on a Tuesday night and we've taken over the Noah agenda stream and I'm still sending test boosts to the to the node from a bunch of different podcast apps, like Yeah, it stinks. It's not the most fun experience. It is not. But for all the trouble, if I could just sum up all of the trouble that I've been through over the last three years, uh, and compare it to the trouble of being totally helpless and unable to uh, try to fix my own stuff. It's just hard to compare. There's no comparison there. I would much rather feel all the pain myself and then put it back together myself. Yeah. And trust myself uh, and not rely on a, a system going down for somebody else. Definitely. Um, recently happened yesterday morning. As Waveflake briefly broke all of the feeds in their uh, entire catalog. <laughs> GUID gate. Which, you know. Yeah, so it changed all of the GUIDs. Right, which affects... Which are unique IDs that should be the same permanent. always, mm -hmm. permanently, yeah. And they all changed, which meant anyone who played a song and put in a value time split obviously has that GUID to refer to that item in their RSS feed, and then that's broken too. Ripple effect. Mm. Yeah, I think they rolled it back pretty quickly. But uh, yeah, build within the spec, or you will get wrecked. I don't know, man. I, I'm sure someone pooped their pants at some point during that time. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, it's also like uh, not lost on me that development is kind of tough, but. I think the frustration point from my perspective is like that there have been plenty of people saying, yo, like here's the spec, maybe like build within the spec. And Wavelink just seems content to be like just doing their own thing on their own timeline with their own code and their own mm. uh, map of the future, you know? And so they're not really, uh, they it just seem to be uninterested in any kind of collaborative uh, situation. And so then things like this happen. Um, well, yeah. it'll be their loss. One, uh, one music show was unaffected by the whole thing. That's right. As Booberry pointed out earlier. One and only one music show, and that would be Homegrown Hits. Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Central. There's the plug. Yeah. Nicely done. Um, 
what else is going on? Oh, I've got to try to play this. We'll see if it uh, we'll see if Ooh. it works. But uh, Chad F sent me a clip. Oh, Chad. Chad F sent me a clip that he noticed the other day, and I'm just going to see if this uh, works on the fly here because I'm just clicking a link and crossing my fingers. Really, that's what's going down here. Involve and get interacted with your audience and and tell them, hey, I am displaying my music in this new way. It's called value for value. And what's great about it is you can stream money directly to me and we'll, we'll dive into all that. And, you know, we make 99% of it. No one else takes a cut. Ah, there it was. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, wait, was that a wavelength artist? Thank you, Chad F. Uh, that's Bobby Shell. Oh. Last week, uh, Bobby still thinks he's getting 99%, I believe, from Wavelake. So uh, oh, still I... nobody told him. I did my best. <laughs> you tried, man. Oh, and Chad F sent me that. It just tickled my titties, I must say. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe you would only be getting 90%, if Nin- my math is correct. 90%. And there is somebody sitting in the middle called Wavelake taking the rest of it from you. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm not saying that that's a complete deal breaker for everybody on earth no it's a consensual but you just you just have to know what you're getting into and what you're missing out on by doing it uh and walking around saying you're making 99 percent and you're making 90 is just kind of silly you should go read the uh read the website again bro that's not just one they take on and read it again thought you were making 99 but then they stuck you for 10 anyway one of life's lessons what can we say everybody's feeling it I think your Mercury and retrograde thing is definitely in play. Yeah, Mercury stations direct January 1st, so sorry, 2023. Yes. <laughs> Not the greatest goodbye. Yeah. We're ready for the 24, I think. Yeah. I think, I think. Uh, also, Albie. Albie has gone invite only. Oh, yes, I saw this. For the... Uh, node side of their services it's important to point this out and this is a distinction and um really it's for me it actually is probably the smartest thing they could have done at at this uh, current juncture because you've just heard how uh difficult it is to operate a node now in terms of troubleshooting and uh keeping your liquidity managed it is it is a challenge for handling it for somebody else. And I think that's probably the most difficult part. So what what I've said about the lightning discussions that have bubbled up recently, it, it seems like there's like a total war across the board on lightning. Um, I'm kind of trying to wrap my brain around it still in terms of like w- what people's takes are and like Bitcoin, Twitter and all the different uh, places you go to get temperature checks on something like this. And, um, the difficulty, in my perception at least, lies within when other people are relying on your stuff or when you're the custodian. And the takes have been that it's the Lightning Network only benefits custodians. I, <laughs> I'm not so sure about that, especially in these high-fee environments. Uh, I think that you can really duck a lot of the pain as just a single-node operator, Right. And so what Lorraine and I are dealing with right now are just strictly hardware and install issues. Yep. It has nothing to do with the network overall. It's just uh, particular issues with hardware and software. So then it comes down to, okay, you've got this service. You've been 
basically spinning up Uncle Jim wallets on your node for people for what a couple years now, maybe a year and a half. I don't know exactly when Alby came on the scene. Um, but since the beginning, you know, you could sign up for their service, and what that included was they would spin up an, a wallet for you for no fee. Okay, so there are plenty of uh, custodial lightning wallets, or excuse me, non-custodial lightning wallets uh, out there, which will let you have a sovereign wallet, and it's still run on their infrastructure. Let's call it like a a half sovereign feed. It's 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 sort of like the concept of a voltage node, right? If you if you rent a voltage node, that's your node. You have the keys. You have the access. They do not. But it's running on their machine and their equipment. Yeah. Right. So, like, they could yank the cord out of the wall and dis uh, disconnect that from the internet. Uh, but they can't get into your wallet. They can't get into your node uh, directly through the key access. You have custodial control over the node itself. It's kind of this middle ground spot. It's like renting your house rather than owning your house, right? It's still yours. But it also isn't. Yeah. <laughs> There's just like this weird middle ground there. Um, There's a similar service going around that's been um, pretty hot. It's called Mutiny. And I've been hearing people in the Bitcoin meetups talk about Mutiny for a while. And I haven't tried it. I just spun it up recently and just take a look at it. So Mutiny Wallet is a lightning wallet, non-custodial. It does on-chain and off-chain open source, built for the web and Android. And so the main deal is a web app. And if you just click on it, it spins you up a wallet. You've got a wallet with zero sats in it. It's yours. And then you can fund it. The first, uh, so there's a few caveats. The first funding has to be a minimum 100,000 sats to fund Mm. it. And then some of that is taken for a liquidity fee to get you started. So I don't really know how it works under the hood. seems very complicated. But the good uh, kind of benefit or the backup um, thing that should be mentioned is you can run it on your own Start9 node. And if that's the case, you can have the wallet interface and you don't have to pay all of the liquidity fees because you can control your own liquidity if you run your own node with Start9. Uh, It's in the Start9 marketplace. I would imagine that it will probably come to Umbral and Eventually, Raspi will. It's uh, in short order. And it also does things that Albi does, like log you into Noster, for instance. Keep track of a Noster public key and private key pair. Uh, so there's this important distinction to understand. There are these services that offer wallets and a front end to be able to send and receive sats, be, a, be it Lightning or on-chain or both. I think that Albi and Mutiny both support both sides. Uh, and then they also have nodes that you can Uncle Jim yourself onto. So with Albi saying they're invite only, it doesn't mean their wallet is closed to the public and you can still install Albi's uh, browser extension. Yep. You can plug your own node into Albi's browser extension. You could this whole time, by the way. From the very beginning, you could always hook your own node up to Albi. So for me, this just reinforces, first of all, Albi is a service that a lot of people are using, probably more people than they ever expected. And it's a service that 
they really want to maintain and keep from getting out of control. And that is why they've gone invite only. Now, it's very speculative as to how to get one of these invites. Mm. Invite only doesn't mean just ask somebody already on Albi for an invite code. And that's smart. I think it shouldn't be that way. I I don't think that going from a free-for-all to that sort of a system would change anything at all. Right. <laughs> if you could just get an invite code from anybody already in, you might as well just make it all the way wide open. Yep. Like, there's no difference there, right? So I totally get that. There's a there was a lot of people that just went hair on fire running around in circles. Oh, it's good. They're going to rug everybody. Oh, they're going to, Oh, this is a bad move. This is a bad. They're bad. They're bad. They're bad. Um, I actually thought it was a smart move and it actually gave me more confidence in the system that they're saying, okay, we're hitting a point where we need to make it invite only. We need to just kind of put the brakes on new people coming into our node infrastructure. Right. They still offer the wallet, which you can hook up to your own backend node. But what it actually does is it comes back to really want to build a node. Yeah. This comes back to once you rely on somebody else's service and somebody else to custody you and open the door for you and get you into the club and you're not credentialed yourself, you're not. It's like if I ride the bus every day and then the bus is like, well, you know, we're not giving out new bus passes. And so I got a friend that I want to, you know, bring on the bus with me to go somewhere. But the friend's like, oh, but I can't get a bus pass? Well, it's invite only. So I don't know how to get an invite. You have to figure that out. Or you could have your own vehicle, which you would probably want anyway. Mm -hmm. If you really want to go places on your own terms, at your own time frame, with your own rules. It's the difference between riding the bus, having your own car. Uh, so really, it just comes back to really wanting to build a node, I think. And yeah. Just, just reinforcing that idea. That's what it usually comes down to. Really uh, reinforcing that idea. Is it hard? It's not like falling out of bed easy. I think building it is pretty simple. It's it's a matter of, I think that the biggest, the, the biggest challenge is liquidity management. The biggest challenge yes. is learning about what channels are, opening them, and then keeping them open. And it's hard now specifically because of the crazy high fee environment that we're experiencing right now. That does not seem, by the way, to be losing any steam. To get in the next block, you're going to have to pay at least 278 sats oh, for virtual byte. Um, Mempool's saying that a low priority is 259 and a high priority is 291. Oof. Earlier today, it was like 100 was the low priority. And I thought, oh, that's low. And then it was like the gas conversation where in my head... I also thought, well, that's gross that 100 sats seems low right yeah. now. It's like saying, oh, we're back down to $3 a $3 gallon. $3 a gallon, exactly. Right. While California gets mad at us for saying things like that. You're unhappy of $3. Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we absolutely are unhappy with $3. And you should be absolutely raging out with whatever you're paying. Uh, I just think it's a, it's a weird crunch time. Everybody is trying to kind of pivot and argue and say what the right move forward is. Uh, ordinals are a big part of it, but I don't think they're a hundred percent of it. There's some work to be done. And I think part of it is just the loudest voices lately in this new cycle are different voices who, who are these weird Bitcoin cultist zealots, right? They come to Bitcoin with like a religious zealot, type of outlook and to them like 
the Bitcoin code is, uh, it might as well be God it, itself. And it's like unchangeable and unmutable. And um, Bitcoin is a piece of software, people. It's a software program. Okay. No, it's, it's great money. It's solid money. But it is not unchangeable. It has gone through many revisions. It is maintained by a core dev team. And like any other pieces of software, it's going to need to be improved upon over time and has been improved upon over time and will continue to be improved upon over time. There have been dozens of new versions over time. And uh, anytime these debates come up, people just get all weird about any kind of suggestions to improving it or having some debate over what the right way forward is. People say, well, there's nothing you can say or do to change it. Bullshit. Bullshit. There's plenty we can say or do to change it, and there has been the entire time. Uh, if if that statement were untrue, there would be no Lightning Network. Yeah. Hello. If that statement were true, there would be no SegWit. If that statement were true, there would be no Taproot. Right? These are all major changes to the Bitcoin software. It will continue to change, and we should absolutely be fucking talking about it and arguing about the best way to go about it and proposing changes. And the idea that you can't talk about it or that talking about it is fruitless is kind of just as dumb as like the idea that uh, you know you can't participate in um, any way politically because it doesn't matter, right? It's it's uh, it's almost like a fucking psyop. Yeah. Right? It's like the demoralization campaign. That's exactly what it is. And you uh, have to talk about it. It's it's all built on consensus. Right. So that much is true. And like a lot of these hardcore consensus guys will say, well, because it's all built on consensus, there's nothing you can do as an individual. But what is consensus? Consensus is the sum of the individual votes. This consensus is the sum of what the individuals decide. And how is an individual going to decide? Well, with robust debate and talking about the alternatives and putting out proposals and listening to smart people argue about it and listening to dumb people argue about it. And listening to people who are somewhere in between argue about it and trying to pick some sort of path forward, right? Like, there is no consensus without individual input. There is no longest chain without the individual work that goes into making the longest chain. And so I think it's crucial. I think it's crucial that we talk about what's going wrong and why it might be going wrong and how to improve it. Uh, I heard a hot take that there's no bugs in Bitcoin. <laughs> It's crazy. I saw uh, this hilarious tweet that I really kind of resonated with that uh, somebody had shared in the Casey Bitcoiners group earlier. And it essentially said, you know, if we had these kinds of attitude back in the 184 billion Bitcoin bug, people would be like, oh, well, it's a valid transaction and there's nothing you can do to reverse or change. Now, what happened was um, there was a bug, a bug, okay? And for those people who are non-software people, a bug is just an unexpected problem in software or hardware. It's as simple as that. It's a very simple definition, explanation. It's not a glitch. It's not an anomaly. It's like you call it a bug and it's an unexpected problem. An unexpected problem in software or hardware. And so the unexpected problem that happened very early on in Bitcoin, it's actually the only, um, the only time that Bitcoin protocol has been wrong, I guess you could say, 
or that the, the, the t- specifically the 21 Bitcoin limit, 21 million Bitcoin limit has been uh, off. And there was a, as a, there was a bug that allowed there to all of a sudden be 184 billion Bitcoin. Jeez. Which is far, far exceeding the cap. Yeah. Of 21 million. And so Satoshi patched the bug within hours, you know, he changed the software, fixed what was wrong and pushed the new version and all of the nodes downloaded and ran the new version with the bug fix. So really that's where the consensus comes in. Uh, people can actually go back and run that broken ass version of Bitcoin where you can exploit it and get like 184 billion Bitcoin or whatever, but it's not worth anything because nobody else gives a shit about that. Right. Nobody else sees that as valid. Right. That's what I was going to say. It won't be validated on the, all the other nodes sync in the blockchain. So that's another part of consensus. It's what individual nodes run, what individual mining nodes and validator nodes run what software that they choose to accept. Uh, And so that's why there can be philosophical debate. And uh, there have been hard forks before in the past. The block size wars was a big philosophical split in the whole Bitcoin um, system. And that's where Bitcoin cash came out of. And we can Mm. kind of see how that's going. It's, It's how you provably lose an argument. And uh, it's part of the beauty of the system and how it's designed. It is democratized and decentralized. So, yeah, individuals definitely have input. And you do have a say. And you can say, fuck that, I'm not running that version. And by you saying, I'm not running your version, I'm running this version, you might be in a, you might be in a small room that empties out, like Bitcoin Cash, you know? There is a certain risk to that. But... I think the discussion needs to keep fostering. That's why we have this segment. It's exactly why we have this segment. And it also, it, it's not just hardcore software people and developers. Yeah, look at me. Exactly. I'm a mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me to talk about it, I'm, but I'm listening and I try. I've really enjoyed you uh, being a part of the shit stay in the past couple of weeks, honestly. Oh, yeah, I know you enjoy hearing me smack on my mechanical keyboard, <laughs> asking you how to do things in command line. How do I just simply search for something? Clickety-clack. Uh, let's get a few more headlines out of the way and wrap this thing up, because I don't want to get too rabbit holy. You know how I tend to do. Uh, Ledger takes another L this week. Ledger Connect kit exploited. If you're still on a Ledger, I would highly con- uh, advise you to consider some other alternative because they just cannot keep their pants on at this point. Um, this one was December 14th, 2023. Ledger experienced an exploit on Ledger Connect Kit, which is uh, one of their JavaScript libraries that connects websites to wallets. The industry collaborated, according to their statement, the industry collaborated with Ledger to neutralize the exploit and to try to free stole, stolen funds very quickly. The industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there you go. They. Again. (laughs) Again, you know, it's like I'm trusting these guys over here and their equipment and their promises. The CIA. Rather than myself, because I don't trust myself. I'm not uh, a smart guy. (coughs) Well, these guys aren't that smart either, okay? You just got to remember that when you go up to somebody, they got to be worth trusting, you know? You've got to do due diligence. If you're going to... I don't think there's anything wrong with a 
benevolent custodian. The problem is just that the incentives to be a benevolent custodian are very perverse, right? And there's incredible incentive to fuck people over Mm. once they trust you. And the more they trust you with, the higher the incentive is to be dishonest. Um, And sometimes it's just complete stupidity. It's not always maliciousness. Yeah. Sometimes it's just complete stupidity. Uh, And so there's also this thing to be said about security through obscurity and having a smaller attack vector by being some unknown dick on the side that runs a server versus being with a company that holds most of the cold storage wallets in use. You know, that's a very juicy attack vector. Definitely. Everybody who's trying to fucking break into shit is looking at that, where the most ransom is, where the most loot is. They're looking over there. So, yes, the industry collaborated with Ledger to neutralize the exploit and try to freeze stolen funds very quickly. The exploit was effectively running for less than two hours. So I think that's a quicker fix than uh, the 184 billion Bitcoin bug, which Mm. was several hours. Uh, I think it was a quicker fix even than Gate, although that was a quick fix, too. That was a quick fix. Same day. Same day turnaround. Yep. Uh, CEO Pascal Gauthier or however you say his name, said this exploit did not and does not affect the integrity of Ledger hardware or Ledger Live. Sure. Okay, thank God. (laughs) But, uh, you know, if you stick your Ledger hardware or Ledger Live into this thing, then maybe your sats got sucked straight out of it. Who knows? Don't believe me? Just ask me. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. Uh, And all we can really rely on are Twitter hot takes, like the one from Matthew Lilly. Who said, what happened? In short, Ledger made a chain of terrible blunders. They're loading JavaScript from a CDN. Okay. Not the greatest idea. You should be loading your own JavaScript with something this sensitive. Uh, They are not version locking the loaded JavaScript. Okay. No sanity checks there. And they had their CDN compromised. Whoops. Man in the middle. Oh, yeah. This is your legit JavaScript file. So you just grab a CDN JavaScript file and you go, oh, yeah, it should be at this URL. Just trust it. Don't check it. Don't verify. Just, yeah, that's the CDN. That's the JavaScript. That's the code that we want. Uh, And then somebody else slips in and says, okay, here's your JavaScript code. (laughs) Hee hee. And then you get wrecked. Uh, His suggestion, do not interact with any dApps until further notice. It appears that a commonly used Web3 connector, thanks, Web3, saving the world yet again, uh, has been compromised, which allows for injection of malicious code affecting numerous dApps. Dapps for all the Web3 boys out there. Fantastic. So Ledger takes another L. What else is new? Tether, uh, everybody's favorite uh, shit stablecoin, Tether says, we've onboarded U.S. Secret Service and FBI to our platform. <laughs> yes, they have uh, bragged openly in a letter uh, addressed to Senator Cynthia Loomis that Tether recently onboarded the U.S. Secret Service into their platform and is in the process of doing the same with the Bureau, as they call it, on the inside. In a recent letter shared with U.S. legislators, Tether CEO has elaborated on his methods to prevent unsavory individuals from using the company's stablecoins, including by onboarding the Secret Service and FBI to their uh, platform. This uh, coming from the block. Those are the unsavory individuals right there. Uh, the the letter outlines Tether's anti-money laundering and know-your-customer policies, so AML and KYC, they're very proud of that. Uh, Describes its proactive and extensive cooperation with law enforcement agencies worldwide, 
including the DOJ, Secret Service, et cetera, et cetera. All the same fucking people. The industry. The industry. <laughs> the industry. Yes, the industry. We trust the industry. They only have our best interests at heart. And uh, they're here to keep us safe, man. You know, safe and effective industry. Tether seeks to be a world-class partner to the U.S. as we continue to assist law enforcement and lick boots uh, around the world, says Paulo Ardoino. I never can say his name right either. CEO of Tether, though. CEO of Tether. Good job. I can't believe they'd brag about that. Good job. Sucking the Fed's butthole. like. It makes sense, but it's just gross. Mm Mm-hmm. To a normal human being. I like think me. so. I like to think so. Uh, in much happier news, uh, Bolt.fun has their annual uh, Legends of Lightning hackathon. Oh, yes. So, Legends of Lightning Volume 2 just uh, wrapped up. And uh, speaking of some players that we've been talking about recently, Bitcoin Connect was the winner. Bitcoin Connect. <laughs> not, not to be confused with BitConnect, yes. No, this is Bitcoin Connect. <laughs> what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Bitcoin Connect! Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> My wife still doesn't believe in me! <laughs> what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Uh, no, Bitcoin Connect. Bitcoin Connect. That's the one you want. Uh, connecting lightning wallets to your web app has never been easier. And in fact, Ooh. this probably couldn't have come at a better time. Uh, what we are seeing is first of all, the actual GitHub repo and the source code is under, uh, get Albie's handle on GitHub. So if you go visit the direct source, it is a get Albie repo. And, uh, There is a few, including uh, Roland and Renee Aaron, uh, a few known hard hitters in the Lightning uh, infrastructure ecosystem that worked on this thing. And um, yeah, it looks pretty cool. It's uh, in use with No Strudel, which is uh, Hazard149, our buddy from the KC Bitcoiners who put that together. And he is actually a contributor to the to the Bitcoin Connect code source. If you look on the the GitHub, he's one of the contributors. Nice. So congrats to everybody involved with that thing. Uh, Bitcoin Connect basically allows you to build an application and allow any user to connect their own Lightning wallet to it, some some of their own existing Lightning wallet. So that means Albi, that means uh, Mutiny, that means your own node, and a bunch of other options too. And then what, what it allows is you can connect your wallet to one of these services, and then you can allow people to pay invoices via WebLN, which is a, a whole protocol for using Lightning payments on websites and in web apps. And so this is designed to work seamlessly on the desktop or on a mobile phone or you know as a progressive web app, which is great because um, guys like Stephen B are really looking to plug that gap. How do I get a user's wallet to just work, especially in this yeah. mobile scenario? And I think uh, Podverse the same way. Yeah, like we've got this mobile web app. How are we going to connect somebody's wallet when you need, like, even with Albi? If you're relying strictly on Albi, you need that Albi extension. Yep, that's right. And so you can do it. You can get it done, but it's some extra pain in the ass steps that you got to go through. 
to get an extension working on uh, the mobile phone. Albi does have like an API that you can lean on on mobile, but I think this Bitcoin Connect is a big missing piece of the puzzle that we've had for connecting those Lightning wallets, regardless of their source. So now you can bring in a bunch of different wallets. Um, so now there's a lot of different sites implementing it, not just Nostrudel, Zap.Stream, also uh, Zappedit.com, which is like a Zap-enabled Reddit type situation. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be in more uh, wide use here in the upcoming uh, months. In fact, I think that this is sort of the solution I've been looking for to be able to make the new bull after bull have boostability just through the website itself so that you wouldn't have to rely on one of these other apps at all. You just, all you need to do is figure out your own lightning node or lightning wallet. Uh, Ellen bits is another one, by the way. So you could just get an Ellen bits thing going and uh, then hook it up. So it's really cool. I want to explore it a little bit more, but I did send it Steven's way. Cool. And uh, that brings us pretty much to the end of what I've got. But I noticed that, oh, oh, there's one more interesting, fun thing. If you take a look at mempool.space now, if you are looking at the uh, any given upcoming block that's about to be solved, so usually what you see is a, a bunch of different squares that represent the transactions that are uh, in the pending block. And they're all very, very red these days because of the high V environment. They have a new feature called mempool goggles. So if you hover over the uh, pool of transactions in any given upcoming block, there's a little goggles logo and you can click it and it will kind of use a UI highlighting so that you can see all kinds of different types of transactions. So you can kind of visually filter things like, do people have an OP return involved? Is this an inscription? Mm. Uh, Which is kind of cool. If you, if you look through the blockchain, just with the inscription filter on, you'll see that, yeah, if there weren't so many inscriptions, we would have a way low fee, way lower fee environment. Now I was kind of surprised to see that a lot of these uh, inscription type transactions are pretty small and I don't, necessarily have a big grief or gripe with small ones except for that there's just the sheer number of them is crazy yeah i've clicked on three blocks now and it seems like they're the majority and so this debate kind of comes and goes comes and goes right and people who are uh running defense for the inscription idea say well you know you can use the blockchain to store arbitrary data satoshi did it in the genesis block with the with the newspaper headline you know, and sure, if you do it in an OP return, you basically have a very short character limit where you can inscribe some arbitrary data. Uh, but this this new thing where you can jam a shitload of arbitrary data, and that's your only use case for using the layer one blockchain. It's just a pretty spammy situation, and so then it becomes this. Uh, debate between censorship and freedom and um, it gets all religious zealot culty really quickly instead of just coming at it from a practical pragmatic programmer kind of solution this whole thing happened before with the uh, bit dns project and a lot of people will point to the original uh, Bitcoin forums and say, oh, look, Hal Finney is talking about inscriptions way back in 2010. 
And yes, but if you follow the trajectory of what happened there, uh, BitDNS was basically a way to uh, lock up and sit on uh, DNS names and prove them cryptographically and decentralize kind of the boss of the DNS re uh, resolution system. And what they ultimately decided was, well, you know, since Bitcoin is for money, then the ledger should just be about keeping track of transactions, keeping mm -hmm. track of money. And so let's take this project off onto another blockchain where we're not shitting up the blockchain. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they ultimately did. And it became Namecoin. So, huh. you know, people want to just like cherry pick one little piece of history without looking at a big picture. And like, yes, we've had this debate before. And where did it lead? It led to people going, oh, well, you know what? Like, well, why would we crowd out transactions on the uh, Bitcoin blockchain when that's supposed to be for money? It's not for resolving DNS. It's not for monkey JPEGs, right? It's for money. And so we'll just do the smart, right, correct thing and uh, make a blockchain over here that does that shit. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So I don't know. I personally think it's kind of like the shopping cart problem still, you know? Yeah. People should put their shopping carts back in the cart corral. Should we ban not putting it in the cart corral? No. Should we give people fines and jail time if they don't put their cart back in the corral? No. But cart narcs is the shit, you know? Where you publicly shame people and put a little magnet on your car and tell them they're an asshole to their face because they're <laughs> fucking people's lives up yeah social pressure is the way to do it say hey don't, stop being a trash human being and graffitiing the blockchain because it's it's very expensive it's very expensive some people are making remittance payments to their families in third world countries here you know like some people are using this for money yeah and like it's really nice that you've got the cheese to burn to uh put a fucking monkey jpeg on the blockchain for the rest of all time like congratulations it's very nice for you to have the comfort to be able to do that. But like some people are just trying to get by. I'll leave you with that. We did have a couple of boosts come in. All right. That I must uh, say, I must nod to and mention, including, let me see here. Uh, is it just the one from Fletcher? I felt like there was two. Mm, I'm just seeing the one. So Fletcher, 44,444 sats. Woo. That's five fours. Thanks Fletcher. Uh, he says calendar <laughs> with an exclamation point, question mark combo. Gotcha. Uh, calendar. Yes, indeed. Calendar. I'm glad we did the last chance. Yeah, me too. Some people are sliding in. We did. Speaking of sliding in also get a, uh, PayPal Ooh. last minute. Thank you. Texter for texting in and, uh, alerting me to it. Alert. Alert. We got a last minute PayPal, uh, from Seroma. Sir Oma, thank you. And uh, he hit us with a big 33-33. Right over there. Appreciate you. Give him the dinghies. And, of course, a note as well. The note says, Merry Christmas, Bowlers. Cheers, Sir Oma. Cheers and Merry Christmas to you. Short and sweet. Man, we love you. We appreciate you. That's so, yeah. right. Yeah, the shit stain is uh, quite thick this week, but uh, we're making it through together. The... The whole thing for newcomers and why we call it on-chain, off-chain, cocaine shit stain is because it does. It feels like word vomit. It's overwhelming. It's 
frankly, when you get started, it's, it's too, it's too goddamn much. Okay. And I have somewhat the privilege of being overwhelmed by it three years ago. Right. So yeah, I've been through some of the pain points. I came in when it was a little bit harder. It's, it's still not the easiest thing in the world. And I'm not going to try and lie to you and say that, oh, it's painless and seamless and not frustrating in any way. No, it, it's very much all of those things at times. But there's trade-offs here, right? So the things that you don't take responsibility for and the pain that you're not willing to endure, you're just offloading to somebody else. What are they going to do with that? What are they going to do with your money? What are they going to do with your future? From... from you know, when it comes down to it for me, like I want to be the captain of my ship. Nobody else gets to do that. Okay. Yeah. It's and, too valuable to risk. And so you might as well start now. That was our whole attitude with it. Right. When we heard about this whole thing, Yep. we might as well start now because it's not going anywhere. And uh, if you're starting now and you have questions or all this sounds like a bunch of mumbo jumbo to you, that's the whole point. That's why we try to just keep the conversation going and uh, we try to kind of demystify all of it and share our tips, share our pain points and frustrations, but also share our wins and share kind of the path forward because it's all so new that we're really building it together. Yep. And we're still out here with machetes chopping through a jungle. Okay. But it beats the alternative because if you stay on the highway, it just leads right to the fucking cattle pin and uh, you will be the hamburger the elites dine on, not where you want to go. Mm-mm. Or even worse, the hamburger that the fucking tech bro uh, startups dine on. Ugh. Not even the elites. But there are so many people here to help. <laughs> yes, like, absolutely. Perfect has been a rock for me in the Bull After Bull chat as I'm going through my umbral woes, keeping me calm and <laughs> rational. He's like, why don't you check with your channel partner? See what they're seeing on the other side. <laughs> Don't just nuke it all. I think being patient and calm about it is one of the hardest things for me. Although I uh, am grateful that two years ago I watched you go through the process and freak out. Because yep. I know that there's no need to freak out. We mm -hmm. just got to figure it out. Sats don't just disappear. They're out there. I just got to call them back somehow. Indeed. Uh, so this kind of cues us up for my favorite segment of the show. Top three, 33. All right. All right. Well, we've got a holiday coming up, so things are slowing down, which is wonderful and beautiful to see because the mainstream media sucks. <laughs> but that's where I get this segment from. There's a magic number out there. 33. What does it mean? We don't really know. But it's definitely a red flag of some sort. And this is kind of a repeat headline that we saw earlier this year. Biden's approval rating plunges to 33%, according to the New York Post. Yeah, I think it's been there for a while. He's the dusty man. I mean, it's pathetic. Totally unexciting to watch. Totally unexciting to hear about. Barely knows where he is at all times. You're really going to approve that guy? I don't know. Also, statistics are bullshit. So, you know, there's that. Bigger story this week. Recalled applesauce pouches now linked to more than 200 lead poisoning cases in 33 states, the CDC says. 
this one could be a big deal for people. Tainted applesauce pouches. I must be explicit. It is only the cinnamon applesauce from the brand Austro Food, which makes, I think, all of the applesauce pouches you see out there. Wanabana, Weiss, and Schnucks all have, or Schnucks, whatever, they have their brand names over them. Uh, but it all comes from Austro Food, which is out of Ecuador. And it looks like they terminated their relationship with their cinnamon supplier, or their cinnamon supplier went out of business. And in some weird, maybe bad man move, the cinnamon supplier gave Austro Food a bunch of tainted cinnamon. And the cinnamon applesauce patches have, they have, they are finding, according to the CDC and the mainstream media reporting on it, extremely high levels of lead, like 2,000 times the maximum safe level of lead. Oh, no. And applesauce patches are a very common thing to give to children. Yeah, kids' meal stuff. Especially little kids, like babies. Yeah. That's where you mostly see it. And these brands are in the Dollar Trees. They're not out of the Dollar Trees yet. And I, that could that could be really scary for people. I'm sure there are people that live off of these applesauce pouches, you know, because they're not messy. Like having to fill up a bowl and spoon feed your baby. A baby can also kind of feed itself the applesauce pouch because it's similar to breastfeeding. Um, so what's the push here? You know, the CDC comes out and says... Okay, everybody, your kid ate these cinnamon applesauce patches. Go get a blood test to see if they have been exposed to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very strange because in the state of Missouri, they recently uh, passed some legislation making lead testing one of the requirements for children at checkups. If you go to doctor checkups, you go to public school, now it's just like in there with the schedule of vaccinations. It's one of the things you just got to do. And there's legislation working its way through the house that says, no, you don't have to get your kid lead tested. That still should be the freedom of the parents to do that or not do that. But the doctors on their end say, nope, got to do it. Got to test you for lead. Um, And of course they look at the impoverished areas and say, you, you, especially you. And it comes back to this article where I mentioned this is something you can get at Dollar Tree. So mm-hmm. is this targeting poor parents, poor children? Yeah. You, should you be buying products made in Ecuador? Eh, probably not. You mm. know, this is a lot further out than your backyard. Yeah. It's one of those things. Know where your food comes from. And this is, you don't. These patches have always sketched me out, too. I don't know why. It just seems gross, like a metallic bag. It's like Capri Sun. I don't really like Capri Suns either. Something about them just wigs me out. Uh, I like to see the applesauce. You can't see what's coming out of there. What if there's mold in there? Eh, I'm a weirdo. I know that. So, yeah, that's this has been going on for a while now. Um, it just only this week bumped up to 33 states, but they've been talking about it since October. I just think it's crazy. They haven't. <laughs> pulled these applesauce pouches. Luckily, in the bowl, I know for a fact my kids don't eat these things. Pouches, so I, we leave those stinking pouches. Yeah, they've been given the pouches at family members' houses on holidays and stuff, and also they have gotten meals include the pouches. 
but they were always the unsweetened one. And again, we're only worrying about this cinnamon distributor. Uh, and like I mentioned, they went out of business. So they were, the articles are all calling them economically motivated adulteration could have possibly happened. EMA. What does that mean? It means that they stepped on it. They cut it with oh, shit, you Jesus, know, yeah. for profit. Right. Because they were going out of business. They were a failing business and they needed to make some money quick. So they stepped on the cinnamon. Instead of just putting a half teaspoon less in there, they put a full teaspoon, but half of it was fucking graphite or some bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. It's food fraud. Oh my God. <laughs> and they don't care. They don't care about the kids in America. Think of the children in America. Yeah. Sitting in their high chairs. Squeezing the shit out of those applesauce pouches, and then they get lead poisoning. Oh, well, they don't care. It could be an attack, too. Who knows? We'll never know the full truth. Yeah. I just know that the 33 states was in that headline, and so it caught my eye. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. C-Dub's in the chat. We need more regulations. No. Yeah, that'll Certainly help. not. But it, what you should do is <laughs> maybe consider just getting a blender and buying you know, or growing apples or buying them locally, knowing where they come from, or at least just getting the applesauce that you can see in the container. Mm. Apples are cheap. Applesauce is cheap. But those pouches are expensive. Yeah. Because you're paying for the fancy trash. Non-custodial apples. <laughs> and my final top three thirty-three story tonight is that Bali recorded 33 new COVID-19 cases ahead of... Festive season. Oh, you got to freak people out because it's party time. Exactly. But what confuses me is, is it really still COVID-19? Wouldn't it be COVID-23? <laughs> it's going to be COVID-19 forever. Viruses grow and adapt, it's still though. the common cold in my world. Yeah, exactly. At any rate, let's go behind the curtain. Ah, uh, thank you. Where I enjoy hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, don't feed your kids stuff that you wouldn't eat yourself. That's how I feel. In that applesauce patch is blech. Yeah. How embarrassing would that be to be an adult sucking on that thing? Well, you know what? Your baby is embarrassed to be sucking on that thing, too. Anyway, always an embarrassment is the National Defense Authorization Act. You know, a big spending bill that comes around at the end of the year every year. Congress has sent it over to the Dusty Man so he can sign it. And quick skim, because whew, that's a lot of reading, you guys. But I'm just looking for one thing, and that is weed and drugs of any kind. Right. And what I found is that they have slipped in there funding for clinical trials for psilocybin and MDMA for active duty service members with PTSD and or traumatic brain injuries. Ooh, slipped it in. Slipped it in. Yeah. So, uh... That's neat. I don't know. The whole um, pharma pipeline, you know, that's where it starts, is the clinical trials. Get your hallucinogens from big pharma today. In other words, they always say research, research. We don't have any research. Except for, of course, these are plants and uh, substances that have been around since the beginning of time. You know, God put them here. Right. But what do I know? What does God know? Big pharma doesn't have the research. So you can't use that plant material. Yeah, it's, it could be dangerous for all you know. How dare you pick mushrooms off of cow shit? <laughs> anyway, uh, the DEA is back on this push to ban two different psychedelics. 
Uh, they want to make these two hallucinogens schedule one. It's DOI, which is a dimethoxy for iodoamphetamine and DOC or 2,5-dimethoxy-4-chloroamphetamine. Two uh, phenethylamines. Ah, yeah. Yes, you know, the phenethylamines. Our old friend, the, yeah. These were the two that the DEA tried to push to uh, schedule one last year. And when they opened up for public comment, the science and research community came out swinging, saying, no. You can't just prohibit these. Then we won't get to see what they do if they help people. Uh, but that wasn't enough. Here they are again. The same ones. Trying it again. They're just going to keep trying until they can put them on Schedule 1. So, yeah. I wonder if the pushback will be the same this year. I hope so. I hope so. There's no reason to prohibit more things. There's no reason to prohibit anything, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, prohibition is just, it doesn't do what it seeks to do. It just makes things worse. That's the real problem. Yeah, but, you know, it's a win for the alphabet agencies. That's where all their money comes from. Right, exactly. Um, speaking of alphabets, the group MAPS has submitted an application to the FDA, which would approve MDMA as a prescription medication to treat PTSD. I, that's not the route I would go. <laughs> mm. But, you know, uh, MAPS, of course, is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Mm -hmm. um, alphabet soup. It's confusing, to me at least. A lot of letters. All these acronyms. Uh, FDA, Food and Drug Administration. They're like a watchdog with no teeth. They sit there and just bark at you about what you can and can't do. What you can and can't ingest in your body. Um, but, you know, if this gets approved, then that would become the first legal psychedelic pharmaceutical. Who doggy doggy? Mm, I don't know. Well, they were uh, all legal at one point <laughs> before they were banned. Right. Yeah. That's why you just got to repeal prohibition. And the whole legalization word with plants, how gross is that? Yeah. It's just wrong. We just take... Okay, right now they're prohibited. If you legalize it, you're just stamping laws on top of a law that already existed, and you're just doubling or tripling the laws on the book about this substance mm -hmm. instead of just erasing it altogether and not ruining people's lives over a plant. What a concept. Or MDMA, a substance, you know, chemical. Yeah, I know. What a concept. Ugh, if only I ran America. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> The, the rest of the world would be very angry. <laughs> start wearing my vote for Lorian shirt more often. Soon. Soon I'll be old enough. Oh. Um, in Arizona, the um, little agency, the CPS over there, Child Protective Services, has decided that if a newborn shows that they were exposed to marijuana in any way, which means that a blood test or fecal sample or urine sample pops positive for THC, uh, the agency has decided that as long as the parents are medical card holders, it won't trigger a child abuse investigation. How nice. Oh. How nice of them. Neat. If you don't have a medical card and you aren't a medical patient, though, you are going into the database. And you will get visited, probably in the middle of the night, and you could have your kids taken away still. 
Uh, now, the reason why they have decided to update their policies is because, of course, if you're a medical patient with a card, a card-carrying medical patient, a user of pot, uh, <laughs> that means that you're protected because you are under a doctor's care. Mm. Ugh. So, but yeah, uh, I mentioned the database. If you end up in this central registry for saying popping positive on pot, um, it makes you a flagged threat to vulnerable populations like kids and the elderly, and it lasts for 25 years. You don't get taken out of that database until 25 years later. And that can seriously limit your employment options. Mm. And uh, it's it's so frustrating, you know, that a mom a mom could go to a doctor and get a pill for nausea, but if a mom eats an edible, takes a tincture, maybe even tries a full spectrum CBD oil, and then you pop positive for THC, oh, we're gonna take your kids away. I mean, herbalism is anarchy. Yeah, somebody's got to do something about it. Carry a card if you want to use the plant, damn it. That way, at least we can track you. We know who you are. <laughs> that makes me so sick. Yeah. Taking kids away from their parents. Horrible. That solution is not better than the problems that it was created to solve. I can tell you that. In Illinois, Governor J.B. Pritzker signed a bill, which we talked about last bowl. This is the bill that would waive application fees for transporters. So there you go, social equity applicants. You can become a transporter. Only you can. You have to be a social equity applicant. And don't worry about the fee. It's waived for now. In Missouri, they did an audit of the winners of the micro-business licenses. We are the only state that uses this term, micro-business licenses. Right. And I hate it. It makes me think of micro-penis. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it, it seems demeaning. Can't you just be a ma and pa store? You know, like an independent business owner, maybe, but micro, you're a micro business. I think they should call it the teeny tiny license. <laughs> the itty bitty weed license. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there were 48 winners. 11 of those are now going to be revoked. Oh, and no. It's not surprising why. Uh, nine were dispensary licenses, two were for wholesale operations. And um, for example, one of those license holders was a company out of Michigan. That's not a social equity applicant. You know, that's not a little guy, someone who could get the micro business license. Yeah, this Michigan company was connected to 104 applications out of the 1,048 that they received. 10% were them. And then there was another one, Arizona-based company, connected to 400 dispensary applications, of which they had six winners. You know, I have that flyer somewhere here in the bowl, this little postcard, uh, and I'm sure that this company got some winners because, yeah, they sent me own a, own a planted cannabis dispensary at no cost to you. Must have a marijuana conviction on your record to qualify, but this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know? It says you can own your own business. You can own your own weed business if you are. And they don't say it here, but a social equity applicant. Um, and it's a scam. These businesses roped people in, but what they're doing is using straw men. And you become the straw man. And then they own the business. 
but they want it thanks to your name and your identity. That's a scam! It is a scam. They should be fucking prosecuted for this. This is bad shit, people. What am I gonna do? I mean, and you know I'm not gung-ho about the whole social equity thing. I feel like there shouldn't be a license cap. There shouldn't be limits. It should just be a free market. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is gross. We also had a firm here in Missouri, and their name is Amendment to Consultants. <laughs> so they're a fucking niche for people looking to get into the weed industry. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm sorry. The cannabis industry, because it's the Cannabis Industry Association, the fucking CIA, pulling strings here. They were connected to 80 dispensary applicants, and two of them were winners. So they, you know... The state said, you can have one winner. We're going to revoke one. Wow! Are you kidding me? Not kidding. But they will be awarding at least 96 additional micro-business licenses in two upcoming lotteries. So, hey, you know, you still got a chance, little guys. You're not a big fish player. You just always wanted a little pot shop. Well, hey, maybe your dream could still come true. There you go. As long as you're connected to some out-of-stater. Mm, yeah, put some big company behind you and uh, let them rug pull out everything from under you when you get approved. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see that Missouri is checking, though, and that these guys have been called out, named and shamed, named and shamed in the show-me state. In Pennsylvania, Governor Josh Shapiro signed a bill allowing medical growers and processors to sell directly to patients and also allowing independent dispensaries to get cultivation licenses. So there you go. Farm to bowl. There you go. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's still super regulated. And <laughs> only certain people can have licenses to do it. But, you know, it's a step in the right direction. Well, yeah, I think that it definitely qualifies. It's a step in the right direction after all. Small business. Right? We got small business Saturday, not micro business Monday. Yeah, what's up with that? The micro. It's so insulting. Micro business. I'm sorry, I have to pull out my microscope to see you over there. (laughs) And my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight uh, comes from the Netherlands, where they are trying a new experiment. Of course, I'm sure you've heard about the coffee shops in Amsterdam. Legendary. Legendary, indeed. Going on since the 70s. The 70s, yeah. Uh, That was an experiment in itself. Because you could buy or sell small amounts of weed without having to worry about prosecution. You could even enjoy it outside on the streets in their little district going on. I know there were like 2,000 coffee shops where you could do this. Uh, But it's it's, uh, slowly changing. Slowly changing, you guys. I saw that you can't smoke weed outdoors anymore you get a fine and uh now they're trying to track and trace all of the weed i hate this they're pulling a page out of american legalization Mm -hmm. and they started discussing this in 2017 but now they are in this initial phase they expect it to be no more than six months where they're going to track and trace all the plants to the coffee shops and the consumers. Um, and it's all coming from a legal grow. Because before, it was all black market grow going on. Well, they want to regulate it. Yeah, they want their guys in. 
Exactly. They want to know exactly uh, what they're putting in your bowl and in your brownies. Pick winners and losers, you know, do a little protectionist stuff. And also, this is this is saddened me a lot. Amsterdam has been closing a lot of coffee shops in recent years. It went from 2,000 or so to 565. Whoa. So, yeah, I may never get to go enjoy that. What not, once not was. Likely. Not likely. I know, it's already a... A pathetic shadow of its former self. Too bad. Too bad. But that's all I've got for you tonight, Behind the Curtain. Ooh. Well, that means that uh, we've got to check in with the Reverend, Sir Rev Cybertrucker, who always brings us a nice little metal moment, and he's been making the moments merry lately. It is that time of year, after all. Yes. Uh, Let's see what the good Rev has in store for us tonight. In the bowl and in the morning, this here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. I don't think there has ever been two genres of music that were as disparate as Christmas carols and deathcore. YouTuber One Man Apocalypse, however, has fused the two. Released on December 15th, 2023, this is One Man Apocalypse, Frosty the Snowman. Frosty's dancing around hard tonight. Frosty the death metal snowman. Yes. Fantastic. Fitting. Fitting. Yeah. Well, stay frosty, Rev. Hope you're doing well out there, traveling around. If you want to follow along with what Sir Rev Cybertrucker's got going on these days, give him a follow on No Agenda Social, at Rev Cybertrucker. Easy enough. And uh, also easy enough is to 
weigh in on the first time I ever topic. All you got to do is uh, whip up your phone, call 816-607-3663 and participate. The, 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 the first time. First time I ever. And we did indeed get a lot of callers in. For the first time I ever exited a moving vehicle. An intense F-tie indeed. Uh, and we may have some make goods for old ones too. Ooh. Which is always valid, by the way. Let's see what the bowlers have to say. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I just finishing up this episode 256, man, from December 5th. I'm behind on podcasts. Ooh. Like, people want to talk to me, and I got these, like, long days at work, or sometimes I've just been driving or pull, like, weird weird hours and stuff like that. But then I get phone calls from family or something like that, and they just talk, and then all of a sudden I got to, like, pay attention to something more at work. And, and it's like, what's the deal, dude? I got podcasts listening to them. I'm getting behind. <laughs> I'm scared. It's going to hate Christmas, and then it's just going to get worse. It took me, like, a month or something to get caught up from being a week behind when we went on vacation. Uh oh, podcast what, FOMO. What is Christmas is going to be going on my last. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, ah, I, I, I'm pooping in a Pringles can. Not, not nothing. <laughs> you know, watch your poop. You just can't stop. Why not go in a can? You know, don't have to worry about clogging that toilet. But, uh, you know, anyway. Uh, first time I got that call, uh, I thought this was a question before. The, the this the last episode the last episode I'm on I know I'm behind anyway we already went over that stop hassling me um no hassle here man it's a like car accident definitely car accident um fortunately unfortunately I should say it's happened more than once when I'm first time calling like pops or whatever and I was just like uh you know um yeah and uh it was like all the ramifications and, and he's helping me fix the car and yada 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 and just all the details uh, yeah, not fun. So I go that. Just, just no bueno. Just like, dude, not good, not good at all. All right, well, I'm at work, so I gotta get back to work. You know. All right, other guys, stay angry. Work calls. And, uh, you know, whether it's before six a.m. and you're calling bowl after bowl, or it's after. Hmm. Go ahead and give a hearty. Good call. Calling at uh, 5.42 a.m. California time. That's an early bird right there. Indeed. It's an early cacao. Thank you, Christopher Battles. Uh, much appreciated. We also had another one come in uh, before the weekend. Hey, face to the screen, bowlers. Hey, hey, hey. I just got home. It's Friday night. I know it's not even a show night, but I figured I'd give you a call. I have an idea for the first time I ever. Ooh. Uh, I just got home from the company Christmas party. I just started there Monday, and they invited me anyway, which is pretty nice. You know, they had some beers and some food and Hell yeah. cornhole and a mechanical bowl. Nice. They had a mechanical bowl in the fucking shop. It was great. Like, because it was just in the warehouse where we work. It's a window and door company. So they just set up a, like, a bounce house kind of thing with a mechanical bowl in the middle. And, you know, I've never ridden a mechanical bowl before, so this might be a good first time I ever topic Ooh. for another show. Yeah. Uh, first time I ever rode a mechanical bowl. So... Noted. I did pretty good. I'm not sure how long I lasted. I know it was more than eight seconds, but they just increased the intensity until you fall off. But, uh, yep. <clears throat> you know, I made it pretty far, and at least I didn't embarrass myself. Nice. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's a pot-friendly company. I mean, there's a shitload of people there. It's a construction job, but, like, I guess they don't care. I could even smell pot out there once in a while. And the owner was there, of course. It's a Christmas party, but 
uh, a bunch of people having a good time, drinking and smoking, chilling out. I've only been there for a week, like I said. It's a pretty good vibe. Oh, the guy that won this ugly sweater contest just had, like, a Christmas tree shaved into his chest hair. <laughs> and he won. I was like, that's not a sweater. Doesn't count. He's like, I'm sweating but right now. One woman was wearing a Cheech and Chong sweater. I mean, nice. if that tells you what the office is like there, it's like, I guess they really don't get... They asked me in an interview if I smoked pot, and I was like, I was so relieved that they just asked me, and I just said yes. It was awesome. Nice. I'm, I'm really not stressed out at all about this job. I mean, it's hard work and stuff, but anyway, I think the first time I ever rode a mechanical bull would be a pretty good one. So, in the bowl. In the bowl, face to the screen. In the bowl. Great suggestion. <laughs> Smoking pot's actually a requirement for this job, so, <laughs> Do you, you know. smoke pot? No, no, no? Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, you know, we, we, we'll call you. Don't call us. Yeah. <laughs> That's the place to be. You're kind of looking for somebody a little more smoking potish. <laughs> great, uh, great times. The old office Christmas party. I thought the F tie he was going to suggest would be first time I went to an office Christmas party. Oh, that's a good one too. Which might be a hot tip. Mm, hot tip. Hot thought. Hot toddy. <laughs> um, you remember the first time you ever? Exited a moving vehicle? I do. I do. It was at my favorite amusement park, which is Santa's Village. Uh-oh. In New Hampshire. And, you know, when you're on rides, they say to stay seated. Keep your hands and feet inside the moving vehicle at all times. Except, right. But there's one. There's Well, there's more than one. There's a few vehicles out there that just don't stop unless something is fucked up and there's an emergency. Right. And one of those cases... Is the log ride, the log <laughs> flume. Uh-huh. That thing, it's just a log. It's just going to keep moseying down the river, and then it comes up on a little conveyor belt where it slows way down to give riders the chance to exit and get on, but it is still a very much moving vehicle. Okay. And when I was little, little, you know, I would go with my great-grandpa, and he'd just pick my ass up and drop me in there, and it was no big deal. But as I got bigger over the years, I kept going back. You know, there was a time where I had to get in and out by myself. And I remember feeling immense nervousness about getting in and out while the thing was still moving. <laughs> and it's wet, too, because it's a log ride. So right. it's slippery. And I am one of the clumsiest people, at least when I was a kid. I was very clumsy. So it was just one of those scenarios for me where oh my pants are gonna get stuck to it somehow and come down while I'm trying to exit and then I'm caught on there by my underwear or something or I'm gonna slip and fall. All these thoughts went through my head. Nothing bad ever happened for what it's worth. I just overanalyzed the whole situation. Sure, yeah. But you... that was the first time I had to exit a moving vehicle and it frightened me. Get all worked up over it. Yeah. Reminds me of the uh Sky Safari. Where yes. it's basically a ski lift, so like you got to get on the chair as it comes around. It doesn't stop for you. Yeah, that's right. Those things don't stop. Mm -hmm. Don't stop, stop, won't stop, can't stop, unless someone falls off. <laughs> then we might pause briefly. Uh, pause briefly for this next caller, that's for sure. Ooh, I hear some bubblies. Brought to you by Dame Black Glow Cup. Yep. Yeah. All right. The uh, first time I can really re okay, I just got to get rid of it first. All right, there we go. <laughs> the first time I ever really uh, can remember jumping out of a moving vehicle or exiting a music moving vehicle, as, as it was phrased, um, 
It's working. So back when I was a kid, call it late eighties, early nineties ish. Um, we'd go spend some time with the cousins at the grandparents, you know, just a, a few of us at a time. And, um, they lived a few, you know, 20 minutes or so away from, uh, their prop, the, some land they have out in the Ozarks, which, you know, which is some old farmland in a valley kind of thing that uh, they used, um, well, not for farming, just almost to have. But, um, so when we go down there to hang out at the creek or whatever, because there's a, a big creek running across it, uh, we'd have to cross the creek in the truck. And because, uh, see, my grandpa, I mean, he, he did pretty well, but he was not, um, you know, a, a, a flashy guy. So he'd buy the trucks, like, he had these old Nissan single cab hard bodies, you know, uh, no frills, manual transmission, uh, crank windows, like, just basically the cheapest truck he could buy. And he'd hang on to it forever. Um so I think the one in, like in the 80s was a, like an, a really early 80s, late 70s, like Toyota 4x4. Anyway, it was really cool. But um, so grandma and grandpa would sit in the cab naturally, you know, because being the adults and whatnot. And they just throw the grandkids in the back of the truck for the, you know, the 20-mile drive down to the creek. And then when we get to the creek, you know, he'd start to ford the creek. And it was a grand tradition of the grandkids that in the middle of the creek, he jumped out of the back of the truck into the creek. Nice. And, you know, whoever could do it with style one, basically. So that was kind of my earliest memory of exiting an actual moving vehicle. Nice. Definitely slow moving. And even that. Um, then, of course, uh, what, what, about the time I was in college when that stupid ghost ride the whip thing was going around. So, of course, we all had to do that. <laughs> you know, get out of the car with first gear, just idling, basically. Uh -huh. <laughs> Walk beside it and dancing to the music he had on there. Some people did some really stupid shit and crashed their cars, though. Those videos are always fun to watch. Look them up. Ghost riding the whip. Anyway, in the bull, guys. In the, in bull. the bull. In the bull, Pfeiffer. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds like a tremendous fun. Jump out of the back of the truck, right into the pond. Right into the drink. Wholesome vehicle exits going on. I like this. Into the crick. Into the crick. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, We have uh, some good next caller stuff. All right. Ow! hey yo. That's a familiar sound. Hit it. What am I supposed to hit? Sounds dangerous. Well, you stay dangerous around here. Anywho, uh, the first time I ever excited a moving vehicle. The first time I ever excited a moving vehicle. Huh. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear the episode. Maybe this is something special to the episode because I'm, I'm behind a podcast. The word is out. I know I've, I've put it everywhere, but yeah. Um, He's behind. Actually, no, I think I might actually listen to the next last week's episode. Never mind. Anyway, first time I ever excited the moving vehicle. Oh, the first time I ever exited a moving vehicle. Yeah, man, there dude, I read is. that like three or four times. And I'm thinking, like, well, maybe it's something special to do with, with the episode. Maybe I didn't actually listen to it. It's a know. secret I'm, code. I'm behind. So I don't remember. I have to look. Um, But uh, I never miss them. There's that. Um... <laughs> let's see yeah anyway like I said I, I read it like three times going like how do I excite a moving vehicle what, what does this mean you know what Start it means reading. you gotta look at all the letters that's um, right there's some I silent mean, letters like, you know when you are the G.I. Joe or the figurine or whatever and you're playing and all of a sudden your guy like just rolls out of the you know Tonka truck or something like that I mean that's, that's <laughs> probably the first time I ever exited a moving vehicle um 
I mean, maybe like a golf cart or something. Nothing, nothing like coming to mind. Um, I remember one time it was, it was stupid, but um, like like over a decade ago, I remember we're walking back to a, a friend's vehicle, and like, and she had a van, and like all of her family lived out of the country and stuff like that. So it's like the stand or anyway doesn't matter. But like like this van, like it'd be a big deal if if anything happened to it. And somebody like was driving off with her van as we're as we're walking up and I remember like just kinda yelling and I literally jumped onto the side of the van and like there's a little rain guard thing, like gutter like I guess a little gutter fuel caught on the van. I remember like holding on. And uh I don't even know how they got away because it was like uh like kind of a dead end ish, but they were whatever. They and I'm getting driving off. Um no, they ended up freaking out that's what i was in and freaking out and then they ran off um so probably because that i jumped on the vehicle um which was game of stupid but just like was worried about what would happen and i kind of like slid on the ground and like scratched up the top of my belt buckle which i wore a belt buckle back then um but didn't like hit anything else with me so it's kind of weird but anyway that was the first time i ever jumped on to a moving vehicle but yeah oh man Uh uh-oh Cut off. Cut off. There's a f- follow up. Would you like to hear it? But please. If anything, I'm not confessed. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't know where it cut off because at the time it was a three ten. So anyway, uh, yeah, like I <laughs> scratched at the belt buckle, but somehow I never hit like anything else of me. Like mm, didn't have any awesome. other scratches or whatever. So it's kind of odd. Um, because I like think I, I slid a little bit, but anyway. Um, but yeah, they ended up jumping out of the vehicle. So yeah, at least. She got her vehicle back, so that was good. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know if I've ever, like, really exited a moving vehicle minus, I guess, like, if you want to get technical, which we're going to get technical, you know, like, maybe the car's just going real slow, like, they didn't come, you know, I guess, like, typical, like, eh, I didn't come to a complete stop or whatever, but, you know, kind of thing and jumped out of the cars, like, nothing, but, yeah. I've never, like, jumped out of a car because, like, somebody had a gun to me, and I'm like, oh, it's either death or just, just jumping out on the freeway here, just duck and roll, you know? But anyway, all right, well, we, we, we spent enough of the, the bullish time, you know. Can we get to the next call over here? All right. <laughs> Dan I love you guys. We love you. You know, got to stay dangerous. Oh, yeah. And uh, whether or not you're switching it up and you're going to go around on a Tuesday, or you're not. You're just going to listen to about some stupid person, crazy person running. <laughs> but anyhow, all right. You can always give a hearty. Ah, tis a mere belt buckle wound. Yeah, that'll heal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can be replaced. Oh, it's funny that Pfeiffer mentioned ghost riding the whip. Ooh. Because that was the first time I ever exited a moving vehicle for sure. Ooh. At least that I can remember. I mean, I did plenty of jumping off of bikes when I was little. We'd like, you'd ride a bike down a grassy hill and then get off on the side and only just be standing on the pedal. You know how you do that, like, all the time when you ride a bike, right? Sure, I know everything about riding a bike. <laughs> so, yeah, we would uh, jump, bail off of the bike, and the bike would still just kind of roll on a little bit and then fall over somewhere. But a really moving vehicle to me, I'd go back to that ghost ride the whip fad craze thing that went on. I think it was... a. Uh, dangerously right when I first got my first car. That was a thing. Mm. Uh, actually, I think it was my second car by then. Because I remember it uh, 
was the uh, I had a Dodge. Uh, what do they call them? It's basically a Ford Taurus, but the Dodge makes like a big uh, four door sedan. Damn it! Now I can't think of it. It's not a Stratus. The Dodge. Stra- I drive a Dodge Stratus. It's uh, something else. God damn it! But uh, anyway, that was the popular thing. You would uh, make sure. I mean, unless you were a total asshole. Uh, and get memed to, to death. You'd make sure you had a nice, clean, open road in like this closed-off neighborhood scenario, which we had the perfect road for it. There was never any traffic coming down our street, and uh, you'd get just the idle going, where you just take your foot off the brake and the car's just idling, and then you just walk alongside the uh, passenger door with the radio blaring, and you'd be dancing along while the there's nobody in the car, and you're. Just walking along sideways with the car and the doors all open and shit. And then, uh, yeah, at the last minute when you needed to get it back under control, when you're running out of road, you just hop back in. And did you have a camera guy as a requisite? Uh, You know, you were supposed to. I don't really remember if I filmed it or not. I think we just ghost rid the whip a few times <laughs> just for the experience of doing it. But uh, Did you ever do it as the driver? Oh, always as the driver. Oh, okay. You said something about the passenger side, so I was like, that's kind of lame. Oh, did I? Someone's just sitting in the car, like, and making sure you can get back in. No, no, (laughs) no, Ghost ride is like, there's nobody in the car. So, like... Yeah. If your whole crew is ghost riding the whip, then everybody bails out, and everybody's, like, walking along next to an open door, ghost riding. And we always did ignorant shit with our uh, cars. Donuts! Donuts. Tray, (laughs) Tray donuts. You ever do tray donuts? Well, never have I ever, but I've heard the tale from you. Yeah, you need, like, a front-wheel drive car, and you'd get a bunch of fast food trays, little plastic trays. You'd go to an abandoned parking lot, you'd back your rear tires up over these trays, and then put your emergency brake on, which locks the back wheels in place. And then on these plastic trays, you're, you've got no traction in the back. And so then you just start... Nailing the gas, the front tires pull, your ass is just locked up, and you just slip slide fishtail all over the place. It's a fantastic time. Sounds fun. Uh, or jumping railroad tracks. And fun when you're like 16. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely... Uh... There was a time and place. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come on, kids! <laughs> Spin the roulette wheel and get lucky a number of times. We're jumping the tracks today. Probably something I wouldn't like... <laughs> Try again, ever. But when you get your first car, you're like, wow, I'm free and I'm dumb and I want to do crazy shit. Yeah, and I got this car for 500 bucks. Yeah, what could go wrong? <laughs> My worst case scenario is not that bad, I guess. <laughs> where the car is concerned, you know. Uh, Maybe where this next caller is concerned. Fucking, 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 fucking. That's like murder me. <laughs> he won't be able to murder me because he's just going to kill himself. Damn, that was quite the song. Wow, that sounded like you. It was me. In song form. Wow, you've been songified into the voicemail. That was like alien music. <laughs> fucking, fucking, fuck, fucking, fucking, fuck. Hey, I can remember those lyrics. That was the most fucking I think I've ever heard in the voicemail. <laughs> yeah, in our voicemail. Yeah. We gotta fill it ourselves, I guess. I guess so. That's true. <laughs> That's true. 
Well, thanks, callers. It was a stark contrast there. Yes, it was. I, I was pleasantly surprised. DeLorean's you know? guilt came through. Mm. In the post show, <laughs> I did ponder just doing away with the voicemail altogether. No one wanted to take advantage of it and fill it up for me. But pleasantly surprised. Thank you, bowlers. Thank you for the stories and the song. It's a good song. <laughs> yeah, a little dark. A little dark. <laughs> a little dark. But, yeah. <laughs> Jerk and jeering. Art makes you feel, man. Yeah, man. So, you want to do the first time I ever went to an office Christmas party next week? I like that. And then the ne- the week after that, we can do the uh, mechanical bull. Okay. Well, you've got it all teed up. I yeah, like that. I think one Planning into the ahead. other. I like it. Planning ahead. Get that one while it's fresh. Mm, you got to be fresh. No doubt. So, that leaves us with one order of business left. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. That's what this show is about, right? The bowling show. Yeah, everybody knows that. It's in the title. That's why we bowl after bowl. Well, you know, the show had to come to a screeching halt in the United Kingdom, in Great Yarmouth, to be precise. It was a circus, and there was an acrobat routine going on, two brothers, and they were flying around on the giant wheel of death. Well, wouldn't you know, one of those guys in his 20s fell. He fell 33 feet. And, uh, yeah, they had to stop the show. It wasn't the fall that hurt him, though. It was the fact that he collided with metal scaffolding on the way down before hitting the ground. Mistiming. You know, you have one job. It's time your stunts. And when you don't, it could be fatal. Luckily, I'm happy to report he's okay. I think he's in stable condition. But all of the people there to enjoy the show had to evacuate the place. They had to just literally stop everything and send them on their way. Get out! (laughs) You're not supposed to see this. We got a hurt boy. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's rare. Circus injuries? Uh, it's definitely a risk of the job. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, well, there was a gun show going on in California last week, and around about 4.30 a.m., obviously when the show was not going on, two men decided to wander in through a bathroom window. Oh, no. They are sneaky boys in all black with their ski masks, and they were confronted by two security guards at gunpoint but still managed to get away with 33 handguns. Whoa. Yeah. And it would have been 34 if one of them wasn't a Butterfinger, but they got away with 33 guns. It's crazy. That's a lot of, all handguns. Two dudes, 33 guns. I guess maybe they had a sack, like Santa's sack, you know? (laughs) Shove the handguns in there, but it seems like a lot to carry. And dealing with these security guards and then not getting stopped. Um, they had a quote here from the dealer who got burgled. He said uh, the law enforcement deployed a drone outside, an indoor drone. Um, that went into the building first. <laughs> Go get a robot dog. To see if there were any individuals in there. Then they sent a canine in and the canine didn't detect anything. And then officers went in and did an interior search of the building. 
pussies. They didn't locate anybody, <laughs> but they did find a ski mask that was left behind. So that has been sent for DNA testing. And, um, you know, all of these guns are uh, the, the sellers, the dealers, they know what they have. So all 33 of those guns are now in the statewide database of stolen guns. So if there are, if they are used in a crime, you know, it's like, Hey, here's one of those guns. One more hint to catch the guys that took them without paying and entering themselves into the old uh, background check database there. Crazy. It just seems weird to, you know, steal guns from a gun show. Cause, you know, they had to go when it wasn't actually an operation. Because if you tried that shit during the show, everyone would draw on you, right? It's a gun show. I know it was in California, but come on. <laughs> That's the only way they survived, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you ever feel nervous when you go to a restaurant and you have to order your food? Never. Me neither. <laughs> I confidently can know what I want to eat. But this week I learned that 33% of Gen Zers oh my God. cannot talk to waiters. Are you saying they literally can't even? They literally can't even. <sighs> Where are their parents? I force our kids to talk to the waiters. Yeah. You you have to order for yourself. You're not going to order. You're not going to get food. What do they do? Like blush, look away, and point at the menu? Or, I mean, what do they go? Oh, they don't have online pickup. Oh. I was just going to say. No, they hire a third-party service to bring their food to them by punching buttons with their thumbs. Jesus. They just tap, 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 tap on their phone, and they'll pay the extra $4 or whatever service fee because then they don't have to come face-to-face with another human being. Oh, man. Yeah, I always... uh. I always liked interacting with other humans and getting an opportunity to meet more because we're so interesting, you know? No one's alike. We can be similar, but no one is exactly like we are all snowflakes. Not special snowflakes like these Gen Zers, but all snowflakes. Uh, now, I mentioned that thirty, a third of them yeah. say that they can't talk to a waiters, but this is nothing. 86% of these fucks suffer from what they call menu anxiety. Oh, Jesus Christ. Spare me with the anxiety for everything. Yeah, anxiety for everything. You know, I used to think of anxiety as uh, like stage fright. Like, you know that the adrenaline's going to be pumping in at any minute. Sure. And it's just the excited anticipation of that. To me, they're like, that's anxiety. Or like and if you, somebody's... You get it for things that are big, like big events. breaking into your house or like... Uh, yes. Yes, or you're, you're suddenly falling. You tripped and you fall, and ah, yeah. or uh, but yeah, like a big performance. Yeah, and you're all hyped up about it. Yeah, doing a podcast on a Tuesday night, you get little butterflies in your tummy. But ordering from a menu, how fucking lame! I'm that's crazy to me. And uh, in a literal sense, yes. Yeah, like you're not well. In I, I think it comes back to the parents. Uh, did they help you read a menu when you were a kid? Did they say, look at the waiter and tell him or her what you want? <laughs> no? I don't know. I don't know how people become so... Well, you know, the lockdowns didn't help with the antisocial behavior. That's for sure. And um, alienating us from one another. I think it's just been massaged into the mentally, too. It's like, 
you know, it's okay to be this way. And every fucking social media post is like, you're my anxiety, my anxiety, but it's okay to be, you know, we yeah. all deal with like, uh, no, you clearly don't deal with anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the Seriously. point is you should deal with your anxiety, but you don't, you just, uh, so brave yourself about it on dumbass fo- fucking well, Facebook posts. I've got a suggestion for the Gen Zers. You know, when you go to the restaurant and you get that menu and you start feeling nervous, you just read it, pick three things that you like. And you just got to find three things that you like. And when it's your turn to order, you just pick one of them because <laughs> you've already picked out three. So you know what you could go with. And then you just choose one and you're done. That's it. That's all you got to do. It's not that complicated. It's food. What you should say uh, at the restaurant is, Yo, who's dick do I gotta suck to get some more bread around here? You could do that. You could. You yeah. could also... Um, you, gotta, you gotta flex. If you change your mind after you've ordered, you could um, tell the waiter or waitress that they got it wrong and send it back and tell them what you really want. Oh, no, that's... <laughs> Horrible advice. I never condone that. That makes you a bad person. <laughs> Just order the fucking spaghetti because you're clearly a child. No, chicken tendies, babe. <laughs> chicken tendies. Gimme, gimme chicken tendies. Yeah. Hopefully they got some dinosaur shaped ones yeah. for you. And ketchup is readily available. Yeah. Enjoy your high fructose corn syrup. Oh, well, I'm enjoying stories like this next one, which involves a trip to a thrift store. You know, these are, this is my jam, man. I might as well just roll it right now. <laughs> We're going to the thrift store. Thrift store? Thrift store? This is in Virginia. A woman was wandering around the thrift store, as a woman does. And she found a glass vase that she thought was beautiful. It was clear glass, and it had these purple and green spirals around it. Two of my favorite colors, yeah. I must say. Yeah. Four dollars, you know. And 20 cents? No, tree ninety nine. Ugh, tree ninety nine. Okay. So she bought it, and she just thought, "No, oh, this is great. This will look good in my home. I can put something in it, you know." Um, and then she wanted to kind of learn about it, so she looked at the bottom. She saw, okay, Murano, Italy, well known, very well known. It's a place. It's an island in Venice. Yes. Incredibly famous for glasswork for m- m- hundreds of years. Centuries of glass. Yes. And uh, she posted it online. And someone was like, hey, I know that work because it's made by Vanini. And it was designed by the specific architect. Like someone nerded out on her. Mamma mia, that's a Vanini. <laughs> exactly. They said, well, that's a Carlo Scarpa work. And he died in 1978, but it was part of his uh, 1942 series. Um. Penalate, which means brush stroke. And they had to constantly rotate the vase while these opaque colors were added to swirl around it. Uh. It was a very difficult process. So very few were made. Okay. And now she's like, okay, wait a minute here. I like few made. Maybe I should get a price check on this. And someone pointed her in the direction of an auction company that specialized in glass works and she was able to sell it at auction for a hundred and seven thousand dollars oh my god dude off a tree 99 
off a tree 99. Yeah, it was a European collector um, who picked it up. And they said the other ones they've seen have had chips in them and stuff, but this one was in mint condition. And so the ones with chips have sold for $10,000 still. Damn a lamb. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> Never know what treasure you might uncover. <laughs> Go to the thrift store. And, you know, she said she's not looking for luxury items and stuff. She just liked the colors. Yeah. She liked the way it looked. And then you just happen to find the treasure. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Right. Oh, you know what you don't like, though? What? Bugs in the kitchen. No. Like especially cockroaches. No, I hate it. There was a man in Japan. With who, a plan? Yeah, yeah. His plan was to kill a cockroach he found. One cockroach. Okay, reasonable plan. But he went a little overboard. Uh-oh. And sprayed probably an entire can of insecticide. Okay. And that didn't mix well with his heated table. Oh, fuck. Yeah. He caused an explosion in his apartment. Oh, my God. Luckily for him, he only sustained a minor injury, but... We don't know what happened to the cockroach. <laughs> He's probably fine. It could still be there. Cockroach is fine. Dude, they can, like, flatten out and just hide. Cockroaches are the worst. Yeah. Stupid cockroach. La cucaracha. They were here way before us. They'll be here way after we're gone. Oh, Indeed. They do like cocoa powder, though, and diatomaceous earth is cheap and it kills them. It's way better than spraying a bunch of insecticide around. So, you know, mix the two together, have them take it back to their nests, and then you have killed the cockroaches. Bomb them, bomb them, and bomb them again. That's right. This is war between man and cockroach, and we're going to win. Yeah, sticking it to them. Mm-hmm. Well... Sticking it to the man is uh, something that's enjoyable and fun to do and that you like to maybe daydream about. But when it comes to execution of the plan, it gets a little bit more difficult. As one Alabama man who wanted to be a Florida man found out this week. He was in Florida. As a Florida man is? He was hanging out with his parrot. Okay. Really? Like, he's living the Florida man life. Of course. He took some shrooms even. Oh, nice. And then something happened, and we're not sure what. Uh-oh. Because, you know, the he hasn't said too much, but he has said enough. Okay. Uh, He started pounding on someone's front door while his uh, vehicle was stationed outside, out front, and they didn't know who he was, so they obviously got a little freaked out by this. 38-year-old man with a parrot leaving his car running in front of their house, banging on the door. They asked him to leave, <laughs> and he wouldn't. Oh, no. So then they had to, you know, call the authorities in. Yeah, okay. And when they got there, they found him sitting in his car with his parrot, and they asked him to exit his vehicle, (laughs) but he was non-compliant. Hands where I can see him! Hands where I can see him! (laughs) And not only was he non-compliant, but he was combative. So he started fighting those cops, and they had to deploy a taser (laughs) on him and detain his ass, and that's when he told them that he was high on shrooms, which... Okay, dude, you done fucked up. It's <laughs> shut the fuck up every day, right. not just Fridays. Yes. So his parrot was taken and put into a, you know, like a, a humane society of sorts. Okay. And he was charged with uh, two counts of possession of controlled substances, two counts of battery on law enforcement officers, resisting an officer with violence, 
Oh, no. Possession of drug paraphernalia and trespassing. Littering and... Womp womp. Well, this week, uh, a dog named Bean decided to try and play Frogger for real life. Oh, geez. On the Staten Island Expressway. Yeah. And Bean is a chihuahua. It was ridiculous. There's a video of it. He got spooked by another dog and jumped out of his moving vehicle. See, he exited the moving vehicle. He was oh, just, he should have called he, in. He knew the bull question, but he has no thumbs, so he couldn't dial. Yeah. But he has video, you know? There's okay. video evidence of this. And he starts running across the highway or the expressway, and his owners have the chase of their life. He really was playing real-life frogger. Real-life dogger. Okay. Uh, but by some Christmas miracle, he was unharmed. He was saved and re- reunited with his owner. Just wild. I don't know how a chihuahua can survive that unscathed. <laughs> Chihuahuas get all the breaks. Maybe the size really helped, you know? I mean, that's a lot less to hit. He could have gone between wheels yeah. many a time. Smaller target. Yeah. Like the size of a uh, lunch sack. <laughs> Oh, the lunch when you're watching your weight, you know, exactly, exactly. In Colorado, you know, times are tough and it's the holidays and people start to really realize how tough the times might be on their wallet when, you know, all of a sudden you want to be getting gifts for those you love and ponying up and showing off maybe and you can't. And unlike us, they don't realize you can get crafty without spending a bunch of money. So they resort to robbery. A group of three guys decided, okay, we're going to go rob this check cashing service. So they park out front. They get out of the car. They go in with their guns. They get the money in the bag. Yeah. They head out only to find that another person having an equally as rough time stole their vehicle. (laughs) So three robbers got robbed. And uh, made it a lot harder for them to get away. Yeah. So two out of the three were arrested. One is on the lamb still. But this is why if you go in Minecraft to commit a robbery, there's always someone that stays behind in the getaway vehicle. You got three guys. One of you is the driver. You don't need three guys waltzing in there. Just two is fine. One is usually fine. Gotta have a driver in Minecraft. Yeah. Oh, man. And um, speaking of tough times, this mom, a Florida mom, she called law enforcement in November reporting a residential burglary. Someone broke into her house and stole a bunch of stuff, including her children's Christmas presents. So, detectives took it upon themselves to coordinate a donation and raise some money for her to give her, you know, the family some Christmas gifts. Well, then an anonymous tip came in. And that anonymous caller said, you know, I don't think that woman is being completely honest. I think she might have lied to you. I think she might not have been burgled. Uh Uh-oh. And so the detectives decided, okay, hmm, we'll watch her for a minute. And they found the allegedly stolen items 
had simply been hidden at a family member's house. And she lied about the whole thing and got free Christmas gifts and cash out of it. Oh, jeez. Like a Grinch. Oh. So she was charged with fraud. A false report to law enforcement. Womp, womp. Womp indeed. For shame. It just to already have the Christmas gifts and then try to get more. You know? For shame. Know. That's wild to me. It's awful. Let me tell you how to Christmas. You pick up things on the cheap throughout the whole year. Yes. You don't just wait until the Christmas season when everyone has plundered the clearance aisle. Yeah, and they don't restock it. No. You are scoping out things all year long, all the time. You think of your loved ones all the time. Yeah. And, and you slowly you, gather things. You, When you buy the thing, you put it away and save it. Yes, you squirrel away. Ugh. Yeah, put it in the lighty hole. And, you know, yeah, you can take advantage of the system. Sure. But it always comes back on you. Let me tell you, you don't want the system more involved in your life than it already is. No doubt about that. You mostly just want to treat the system like a venomous snake and stay the fuck away from it. Say, so, yeah, I see you over there, but I'm over here. And we're not interacting. Yeah. And one final story for the lanes tonight comes from Kentucky, where a family went out and picked the perfect Christmas tree, as they do year after year, Christmas after Christmas. And uh, they got four dogs, but somehow none of them noticed, until they decided to plug the lights in, that there was an owl living in the tree. <laughs> so that owl was in their home for four days. And has safely been relocated. Good to relocate him. Mm-hmm. That's the happy ending. That's right. But uh, we're, we're glad to have that merry and bright lane because it's Christmas time after all. Thanks for hanging out, bowlers. We will be back at it next Tuesday and uh, every Tuesday on the calendar. So join us again at 9 Central when we take over the stream from DH Unplugged. And uh, until then, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Bowl. I've been Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. But just remember it's a holiday and everything's gonna be okay. Everyone is as festive as they can be. Taking the time to catch up with our friends and family Gathered round discussing a range of subjects Drinking a cup every time I bring up the military-industrial complex It's Christmas time It's Christmas time again It's Christmas time It's Christmas time again There's so much trouble in the world today There's no telling when the wars will end just remember it's a holiday and everything's gonna be okay
sons and daughters. So full of love, they're not thinking of the chemicals in our drinking water. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time again. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time again. There's so much trouble in the world today. Even the frogs are living in sin. Just remember it's a holiday. And everything's gonna be okay.